should probably close points. Yeah, Red, that's probably a good idea. <laughs> what are you torrenting? Symphogear. Oh, you're torrenting. What? Uploading. You're uploading Symphogear? Oh. <laughs> Thank you for the 1,000 bits as well. Much appreciated. Muchos <laughs> apreciados. Red, that's really nice. I looked at one of them today. It was just like, oh, left this one open for a few months, huh? Because it's 100 gigs and I have a 124 upload. And you literally bitched a fit when I asked you to upload the newest Higurashi episode for me. You literally <laughs> okay. bitched a fucking fit. Like I was inconveniencing you so fucking much. <laughs> you're being and you're, a little... And you're sitting there. You're sitting there literally for f half a fucking year. Seeding a <laughs> Simpho gear torrent? I just think those Higurashi episodes at like 1.3 gigs an episode are a bit bloated. That's why... <laughs> They're really big. Who needs 1080p anything, really? It's re Oh no, all the new consoles are going to do 4K. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I give up big <laughs> shit. Yeah, like, any of the games I play are going to be worth it at 4K. I guarantee it's it's just going to be so frustrating because everything this launch is going to be 60 FPS, and I'm sure in like six months, oh, it's got to be 4K, 30 FPS. Yeah, we're going to get to that point, and I'm going to laugh. It's exactly what happened with the PS2. Yep. yep. Poly Dungeon 4K. There you go. There's. Oh the... my God! Shout out. Hmm? Shout out the Colossus PS2. Oh, oh man, that's God. that was rough. Dire. It was, yep. They did real good on that remake, though. Holy shit. It's so good. I appreciate Shadow of the Colossus having a remaster on PS3 and a remake on PS4. Mm -hmm. So, like, whichever one... So you can still choose which way to experience it. And and Beepner's right. Like, yeah, I think that's cool. Flash is all vector art, so it scales real easily. We could 4K that shit easily. Except Flash is dead. True. Literally. Not if you wrap it in an EXE. I know. That's what I'm just going to do. Go. I'm just going to keep making Flash 4 games. But it's amazing you're saying that, not me. I'm going to make the next Flash 4 game in 2021. <laughs> or, I or... saw someone making a tweet that was like advertising that they were going to make the last Flash game. And I was like, <laughs> that's a little bit a little presumptuous. I think. <laughs> yeah, that's... From, I... from like... Yeah. Fucking newcomer coming in here like, mm, I'm going to make a Flash 4. I'm going to be the, the last Flash 4 person. Hmm. I'll just wait like 10 years and do Poly Clicker 2. There you go. Perfect. Let's do Poly Dungeon 2. That's way easier. <laughs> Why worry about all these systems and numbers that actually mean something when you could just make a game <laughs> where the, the numbers mean nothing? <laughs> but you still like seeing them go up and down. Oh my god. The, the fucking variable shit in that game drove that I screwed up on and we both drove us nuts. Remember, like, the, the variable the fucking, for the gold? Yeah, because, like, the one variable in the game that doesn't have... Because, like, the thing about Poly Dungeon is, like, the health values that are, and the damage you take, those are all, like, predetermined. Like, you'll always get a minus three with this certain result. But mm. we wanted some dynamics in... Um, uh, the, the stats, I think. And some of the stats, so we just basically randomized gold, so like every gold is entirely just a random roll of within a certain range, and then like we had a shit 
load of problems getting that to display and add and to subtract properly. Because <laughs> because coding in Flash Four is very un—it's un- unintuitive as fuck. Um, it's it's kind of a nightmare. Like Action Script, uh, when you get to Flash Five, is a little easier and kind of more in line with. Mm. Uh, what you're really going to be dealing with code-wise, because it's just like, oh, here's a code editor. Okay, this is much easier. Yeah, yeah like, you know, if you've played with Game Maker. Who would use Flash 5, though? Exactly. What like, the fuck is Flash 5? I learned on Flash 4, and that's basically where I still... Like, I still get a lot of use <laughs> out of Flash 4 for, like, side assets and, and, and like... Yeah. Like, the fucking banners and shit. Like, the template for those was started in Flash, and I just moved it over to... I moved it over to Photoshop. So, interesting. The banners cool. for Game of the Decade and stuff. Um, the mm-hmm. oh yeah, you y'all are y'all. I really appreciate how much y'all have gotten out of Flash. The yeah, the afterward trailer was done in Flash. Um, cool. Uh, I believe her lullabies was done in Flash as well. Nice. Um, what else? Yeah, like I uh, still I still use Flash for a lot of shit. It's just oh, yeah. it's contained differently. You know, if you need to do a quick edit of Marge Simpson holding a box of Super C, <laughs> you, you just open up Flash. <laughs> I'm with Marge on this one though. I think Super C is neat. I just think it's neat. I just think it's neat. It's a good game. Good game. I like the those. Oh, I had those, a friend friend DM me. I like those Pope edits. I had a friend DM me about going for a um. Super C no miss, and I was like, "Oh, cool! Oh, that's Fresno. Oh, nice. Fresno's trying to go for yep. Super C. I, I, I sent Fresno a a video of how to do stage six and not get hit, and you don't even have to shoot. Nice. Because <laughs> see, what most people nice. do is like they they go up that last hallway and they're trying to kill everything. the 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 trick to that the trick to that hallway is just run up the left and don't kill anything, because then it won't spawn anymore. <gasps> there you go. There you go. Look at that. What is Contra if you're not constantly killing? A little bit easier in this instance. <laughs> what is life if you're not constantly killing? That's a good point. I'm with the that. fire button stays on. Yep. <laughs> I like, uh, it's really funny playing shmups on like phones or whatnot, where they just flip on the fire perpetually and you just move. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, That's fun. This, and it's like this feels weird. You're supposed to have, or like. <laughs> I like Renegade. Renega- I, like I like Renegade where there's just there's just no delay between shots. You just hold the button <laughs> it's and it's perpetual It's just perpetual point. shooting. It's fantastic. <laughs> I would collaborate with Toby. I would collaborate with Toby. That's another person I would collaborate with and, and make a really dumb mm. shitty meme game. <laughs> John, I actually Absolutely. struggled with that idea in Project N33 because there's mm-hmm. really no reason to never not shoot in that game. Yeah. But I was like, but it can't just be auto shoot. You have to hold the left mouse button down to... <laughs> so that you feel something. Yeah, like I think that like where are we at? Like, yeah, like that's an interesting thing. Like, if I'm just moving around and the ship is shooting by itself, it's not a situation that's always gonna feel good, I don't think. Uh, yeah. like with something like Zalex or mm-hmm. it makes sense yeah, because one, Zalex... I had to because you're doing two ships at once, it was yeah. too much to make yeah, it that's... hold. Yeah. I think in Flash, you literally couldn't hold yeah, as many couldn't. buttons no. you need. You, could, you can't do, like, four inputs at once. Yeah, there's, like, a three-input limit in Flash, I think. Yeah. It's really weird. <laughs> yeah, 
that's that's a good stuff. with expanse i was like with 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 my shmup, i was like man i should have at least one point where you're you're, you're you shouldn't shoot <laughs> yeah 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 so i put that i put in that too like oh yeah there we go and welcome to Soxcast episode 125 we talk about game design here sometimes 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 it's true because yeah. we're all brilliant super geniuses we are coming to you live from Allergy Central here in Polyland oh, today. And of course, we are brought to you, as always, by Moon Pies. Moon Pies, don't worry. It'll be over real soon. <laughs> I hope so, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> to my immediate virtual right, do you ever feel like a plastic bag being flushed at repeatedly down several <laughs> toilets? <laughs> That video was fucking disturbing. I don't know why. Why would you... What? Okay, the dude is obsessed with... Like, I understand having a passion. This guy's passion is toilets. And (laughs) he had a plastic bag. And there were, like, 13 toilets. And he just kept repeatedly flushing the plastic bag (laughs) down the multiple toilets. And the, the appropriate question to ask is... Do you ever feel like a plastic bag being flushed repeatedly down several toilets? This year I do, actually. Yeah, this, like, I think, just think that that's the reason that quote stuck in my head and why I didn't forget it is because that's basically the way I would describe 2020 on the whole. Each toilet is a different month. Yeah, it's just, oh my god. Yeah, you're you're doing okay, Red. It sounds like you're ready I for guess. you're ready for a podcast, man. You, po- man. I got my new Hibiki avatar. You got your new Hibiki no avatar. Can see. Nobody but us can see it. They all start looking the same to me, honestly. This one's very similar to the previous one. If you look, I guess in the text chat, you can see the previous one. Right. They're very similar. I made I made I made a Simple Gear reference in an upcoming episode of the Higurashi stream. Oh you man, might, you might appreciate it. Beautiful. Beautiful. Absolutely stunning. Just beautiful. Man, can you man, can you believe our next episode is like two days before the election? What? <laughs> our can next just... episode is literally November first. Uh, I mean, in a way that makes me glad that this This shit's almost over, but at the same or, time or it's just like it? But it's or just like because it last time, yeah. But it's last like, time, yeah. Like we're thought... also like we're also literally looking down the barrel of a gun, no matter what. Like last ugh. time, I was like, "Oh, thank God, this is almost over." Unless it's not, and, and then, then the wasn't. nightmare kept going for four more years. <laughs> mm-hmm. Keep in mind, keep in mind that no matter what, the election is probably going to drag on like two weeks. Oh yeah, least. it's going to be fucking. It's awful. not over till late January. <laughs> yeah. It's gonna suck. Unless it's definitely not over. And then it's just like, cool. I'll, I'll, I'm just gonna I'll go throw my. I'm gonna go fl- Canada. I'm gonna go flush myself down several toilets and hope I end <laughs> and hope I end up in New Zealand. <laughs> <laughs> to my immediate virtual left, he could be the dirtbag monster boy of your dreams. It's John Fire. Hi. Hey. I'm going to sink into the earth and talk about Castlevania for a bit, okay? Okay. Um, okay. We'll, we'll do that. So I think last time I'd already talked about um, Castlevania one, about Castlevania and Castlevania Adventure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a lot of fun kind of clearing those for the first time um, in one life. Like with Castlevania 1, it was really funny because it came really fast. Like I'd never really done a concerted challenge run, but I 
was am just really familiar with that game at this point. Mm-hmm. So I was just like, boom, boom. It just like two, it was like two playthroughs and then, oh, okay, there it is. Easy, easy, um, easy one, CC. Easy video Easy game. no miss. Easy, pe- easy peasy baby game. Yeah. Um, I think that the, the deal with it, um, with Castlevania 1, is that it's just, there's a lot of bullshit in the game, but there's basically always like a safe way around the bullshit. Oh, yeah. I think. Yeah. Like, I think that game is immaculately designed. Mm-hmm. It's like there are some bosses that are assholes, but then you can kill them pretty easily with the holy water. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a part in stage six where um, there's just dropping fleas fucking everywhere. It's so good. Um, and then they that, give you, you get a to time that stop point. right before that. You get to that point in the game the first time and it's like, there is literally no fucking way to handle this. <laughs> it feels so they good. They give you a time stop right before it. I love it. And then Dracula's really has a lot of good ways around um, him too. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just a really solid, gorgeous game. It's maybe it's maybe my favorite action game. I love Castlevania One a lot. It's very good. Um, and I'm I'm happy to have cleared it that way. That feels good. Um, and I am immediately moved to like an equally immaculate game, Castlevania Adventure, mm-hmm. um, which is. It's really funny playing that game <laughs> Rhett just on a summed big screen. Up, Rhett, Rhett just summed up my thoughts. <laughs> Perfectly timed sub, Rhett. Perfect. Um, I'm sorry, John. <laughs> it's, it's too No, it's TV. fine. It's really funny playing that game on a big screen TV. Oh, God. Can you even um, see what stuff is supposed to be? You can literally just live in because... every pixel. Because every pixel is big. And also, so the scrolling, even if it's scrolled completely smooth, <laughs> it's so slow. Yes. Oh. That it's just like chunk, 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 chunk. Each pixel chunking onto the screen. Yeah, it's, it's as slow. As it scrolls on. Like Because every pixel is a tiny Game Boy resolution and it's blown up on a big screen yeah. and you're crawling around. So it's just chunk, chunk, It chunk, feels chunk, uniquely chunk. weird blown up like that. Mm-hmm. But that's just if it was if it was perfect, it would still while still being slow, it would still feel right. like that. But this is Castlevania Adventure, and it's not where, like, perfect. Anytime there's like two sprites on the screen at once, it's like, <laughs> oh god, it's contraforce. What are you doing to me? Why? I can't deal with this. There's like three sprites now. <laughs> I'm in hell. I'm suffering. This is a launch game. What are you doing? <laughs> um, and it just starts chugging. So that, like oh. even on top of scrolling and the blow up scrolling, it's just like just as you slowly walk forward the whole game. It's like there's animal it's like there's a bunch of coders in the background furiously programming the game as you walk forward (laughs) (laughs) in real time you can Uh, see each block being lovingly slid into place in an editor it's fantastic (laughs) (laughs) if you just zoomed out a little bit you'd see a bunch of panic people like here put them in just like one overworked intern in the background just like no i said five (laughs) blocks right three down this would make a fun puzzle game. You got to build the level. As build the level the as the player's going through. through it. There you go. Um, but you know, so you get past that, 
you de- you 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 accept it. You just accept it. You just live in it for a little bit, and yeah. it stops bothering you. <laughs> now you can really experience the true Castlevania adventure, mm. um, which is four long stages that are extremely strict. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> this game has some extremely tight platforming, like very close to pixel perfect. There's a couple platforms in the last level where I practiced with save states for a while. Just like, okay, I would mark the pixel on the screen, memorize the pixel on the screen. <laughs> oh like I just sent to this point on the rope and then jump. And then once the platform I fell on fell to this level, then I jump again. And that's how I make the jump. Um, so there's a lot of, there's a lot of pixel perfect platforming on this version. You can actually do that. It's true. It helps. It is. So there's a lot of actually marking on the screen in my head. This (laughs) is where I jump. I jump when the platform raises to this point. Um, and I have to be this far on the platform when I start the jump. Um, so this one was a little bit harder to harder to do a one life clear hunt because um, every single clear fail was from me failing a pixel perfect jump. Oh yeah, because yeah. there are quite a few of them. And I would say um, I would say I have friends that speed run this and do it on one life, but I, you can call nothing that this game does speed. <laughs> like it, it's just you just you did a. a and it's like 19 minutes. The speedrun is like 19 yeah, minutes. It's so it's so miserably <laughs> slow. How does that compare to like Castlevania One? Uh, Castlevania One uh, like, doesn't feel as good. Yeah, Castlevania One is like 11. Minutes. Castlevania One feels yeah. silky smooth yeah. in comparison. 19 minutes is, seems um, like for a game of this era. Mm-hmm. Um. So. You deal with the fact that the game is very slow and chunky and feels um, like it doesn't work. <laughs> like, it, yeah. like, the pro, like it's not all the way there. And then you deal with the fact that it's extremely strict and demands a lot of pix- very precise pixel-perfect platforming, which some people say is not great game design or something, <laughs> whatever that means. Um, if you can deal with all that, then you've got what I think is a pretty fun little adventure. Um, it's four levels that are all pretty varied. Um, it's slow, but it's also tense. Um, it's constantly... It's throwing new obstacles at you pretty regularly. It's not like there's dead time. Mm-hmm. Um, it's you are having... You are hurtling towards a ball that's bouncing around the screen at 45 degree angles, and you don't know, and you are so slow, and you don't know how you're supposed to dodge it. Mm. And you have to figure out how to approach various obstacles like that. Um, it's a very it's it's very, it feels very choreographed. It feels very much like you learn your way through it, almost like a rhythm game. Oh where it's yeah. Like, okay. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> um, and in, in that sense, it feels very memorizable mm-hmm. and pretty fair. Mm-hmm. In the sense that I think you can learn this consistently. Oh yeah. Um, I I don't think there's a lot of like actual bullshit. Um, it's just, it's a different kind of bullshit where it's like, this is extremely precise. Yeah. Um, and also I think the music is really, really great. Oh, and yeah, of course. Like that's just, it just goes without saying. It's really great. 
Mm-hmm. I kind of like the feel of Castlevania without any sub weapons, where it's literally just the whip. Where it's like, okay, every single obstacle in the game is how do I approach this with the whip? Yeah. Um, and the the fact that your up your whip goes down when you get hit means that upgrades are a lot more um, present in your head mm-hmm. instead of just like, oh, you die, you collect an upgrade, and that's it. It's all right. I I know this is where I get the upgrades. This is where the upgrades are in the level. This is where the secret room is that has the upgrade. Um, so that if I take a hit at this part, cause I know this is the hardest part, then I'll be able to go and get a new whip before I get to the boss, which will be help me make it a lot more doable. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's cool. Um, I, I found a couple secret rooms on my own too, which is fun. Um, and the third level, which is a six minute, um, hell gauntlet of <laughs> the it's three sections the first section is the ceiling is constantly coming down and yep. you need to shoot triggers to keep it from to send it back up and then the second you're ascending very slowly <laughs> up a long vertical <laughs> level as spikes come up from the bottom and then immediately you're going to the left as spikes are coming from the right side of the screen and it's six minutes long and very strict and you need to like okay i know i can't get these candles because then I'll slow down too much and run out of time. And uh, to me, that feel the tension is very cool. It feels almost like the kind of that echo last level um, yeah. grueling yeah. <laughs> in a way that's kind of pleasing. And ex- um, there's checkpoints, but you get have three lives, yeah. and then you start at the begin- continue from the beginning of the level. Mm-hmm. Um, this was a bit of an ordeal to learn. Um which I did a long time ago. Now it, and then it still gave me trouble replaying it regularly every now and then. Hmm. Um, and so obviously I was still on a Castlevania bent there. And so I jumped to Bloodlines, which is there very go. good. There you go. That's a very you did good Bloodlines. That's the next one. Bloodlines is the Genesis. Yes, I did. <laughs> I did. I did not do three. I'm terrified of three. Three is a it's a monster. Uh, no matter like what version you're playing, that game is a monster. All Castlevania games are easy except for three and Chronicles, <laughs> the, which are which are impossible. Yeah, they're <laughs> man. Um, yeah. So I jumped to Bloodlines because yeah. I was like, uh, I'm not really feeling that. I'm, I'm not really feel. I don't want to learn three yet. Um, and I, and I cleared it really quick and I cleared in one credit really quick and then I jumped to expert mode and I cleared that in one credit. Mm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, bloodlines is fun because it's like very set PC, um, and very varied sort of contra hardcore where it's just Mm -hmm. like constantly throwing these cool ideas at you. Yeah. Um, and Expert mode is has a lot of cool additions where it's like, okay, here's a pretty easy room, pretty easy set piece. And then they're like, what if there are bats coming at you the whole room? <laughs> oh. What if there are ghosts around here? And they're always poised in exactly the right way to just really fuck your life, fuck you up. And I really appreciated it. In that really satisfying uh, Castlevania way, because that's sort of like Ninja Gaiden. Oh, yeah. Ninja Gaiden and Castlevania in particular are two games where it's just like, oh, your enemy play, your enemy placement is very intentionally dickheadish. Mm-hmm. In a way, it's mean, but like thoughtful. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and it's just sort of like, it's sort of my ideal my favorite kind of action design. Like this is sort of like my 
safe home I return to periodically is <laughs> yeah. just Castlevania yeah. games. Yeah. Um, and I did. I cleared Bloodlines in one credit on expert mode, which was very nice. hard. It's it's like it's like a fifty minute game, so that's it's a pretty beefy run. I don't yeah. I don't want to go for a no miss because I think that would get tedious. Um, there are still a couple slow parts. Um, I played Castlevania Four right after, and there are significantly more slow parts in that oh, game. Oh boy, that game. that game is like ninety minutes. That game is way um, too long, and I have all like even with its technical mastery and like the showpiece that it was kind of meant to be. For the SNES, I just, even back when, like, I really enjoyed that game, like, shortly after it came out, it was kind of one of those, oh, man, this is way too damn long. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, I was literally, like, up to stage eight, and like, oh, the game's starting. Yeah. Like, that's, that's pretty dire. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's how it makes you feel. And even then, like, it only gets, when it gets hard, it really just gets hard because it's like, all right, we're going to put more insta-kill spikes in here. that's... Um, We're going to put more, we're going to put more precise jumps where if you miss the jump, then you die. Yeah. Um, Because all of the enemies are easy because your whip is really, really strong. Yeah. Like, just jump diagonally, whip down is all you ever have to do in that game. Oh, but you can flail Mm -hmm. it around. Which is, which is, again, it's, it's, it's like a great... It's a great technical showpiece because you're showing segmented sprites, doing a lot of complicated math to make that work on a new system that looks impressive, and you use it like once to, during the Dracula fight to get rid of fireballs and never again. Yep, 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 yep. It's. It, I was like, I, I took me like two and a half hours to beat it because I was dying a lot in the ending. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, I was just dead at the end of it. I was just like, oh, wow, I kind of hate this. <laughs> I'm pretty done. The the climax just being like, and now we're going to play, now we're going to play Blo- Bloody Tears, and then we're going to play Vampire Killer, and then yeah. we're going to play Beginnings. That's also like, come on, do something. It's do like, something and, a little. And the Dracula fight in and of itself is just so, it's a wet fart. It's so weak. It's just it's a so wet fart. weak. Yeah. Um... I don't know if you have the context for it, Rhett, but like every other Dracula has two forms, and this Dracula is just Dracula teleporting around. Yeah, yeah. And then he dies. I watched the video. It's like it's playing the music. It's cool. It's like okay, what's he gonna do now? And then it's just actually over. I love that. Like, like what? I love it. That like when he has like six health left, they change the theme, and like that's a cool moment. But it's just like yeah. it, the fight's literally over fifteen seconds later, and you just you get nothing out of that moment. Mm-hmm. It's like all this ambiance and setup and cool music work and it's just not based on it's not built on anything there's no foundation for it because the because the action design is so weak mm. um it does do something that castlevania bloodlines doesn't do which is during the boss gauntlet leading up to death it plays the music the dramatic final level theme continuously through the different bosses oh, and in bloodlines in bloodlines when you when you um, there's a boss gauntlet with death, it teleports you to an instanced room that's identical to the previous boss version, and then starts the regular boss theme, yeah. and then goes back to the main level theme, and it makes mm-hmm. it a lot less smooth and fun. Yeah. yeah. So points points to CB four. Yeah. yeah. I'm never um, I'm never a big fan of boss refights, and yeah, that's kind of like if there's something mm-hmm. I'm going to hold against Bloodlines, it would be that. Yeah, I think I think it's also just that a lot of the bosses in the last level um, get kind of trivial on yeah. refights. They have they're pretty easy to learn your way around, yeah. and then so there's like a six minute chunk there right before the end, like right before the last Dracula form, where it's like 
you're just kind of sleepwalking. And I think that's felt, felt a little bit, felt a little bit like Contra three where they just have like a little bit of level and then a bunch of, a bunch boss. of bosses. Yeah. And then it's like, well, I kind of could have considering, look, considering the work that they put in the bloodlines, like that game is uh, much like super Castlevania four. It is a technical showpiece. Uh, that game's doing mm, a lot. Fun. <laughs> that ga- yeah, except it's fun. But that game is doing a lot of shit that, like, when people looked at that, like, like look at stage two one with like the the cool background with the, of, of the sunset and the reflection in the water. Oh, so gorgeous. And it's like I saw that the first time and literally couldn't believe that was happening on a Genesis. It's buck wild because it's so they can't pretty. they can't do that with transparencies because the Genesis mm. can't do transparencies. So they actually had to match that color for color to make it work it's mm. interesting as hell oh, it's so gorgeous yeah it's, it's such a pretty game and it, yeah to me to me almost all of the the tech gimmickry mm-hmm. plays into like a fun and exciting action set piece yeah which like is definitely they, not true of cb4 yeah it's not just there to wow you like it's there for a reason like the way they kind of like use some weird scan line tricks to make that one area that's like it's so good. The views the completely, heads. yeah, like the views completely fucked up, and like yeah, like it looks like your cart is broken when you get to that area. But they're doing like a weird scan line trick, um, and it's super neat. Like that shit's neat, and it, it makes it's for so it's, dope. It makes it's... for its own cool and unique gimmick for that one screen. Mm-hmm. It's just full of that. Like, yeah. all right, we're gonna do like a really cool thing for this one level. Yeah, um, and I fucking love it. It's a good. It's 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 a really good journey. It was a really satisfying clear on expert. Mm. Makes me wanna. He keeps emphasizing, um, "I'm an expert." It's true. It, it does. It even says something on the <laughs> yeah it does. On the, at the end, like, "Wow, you are so fucking good at Castlevania. You're just the fucking best." <laughs> Why are yourself ch- on the back? Why you're a super player? Why don't you have twenty seven chicks sucking your dick right now? <laughs> <laughs> Your actual real-life vampire killers in the mail. This was all a test. You need to actually go kill Dracula now. It's like the end it's of... Last, like last the, firefighter. Like the end of NARC. Go contact your local DEA recruiter. Oh my god. <laughs> okay, sure. <laughs> oh, video games. So I fucking love Castlevania. Castlevania Bloodlines is fantastic. Yeah, that was a good time. I think it might be it might be slightly even better than Castlevania: The Adventure. Mm. <laughs> a high bar, yeah. Which is itself obviously better than CB4. Yeah. Oh right, yeah. Um, no, you weren't going to say that one. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's it. That's my that's my first segment. Cool. cool. Rhett. Hi. Hey. What have you been up to? I played a video game. Did you? I played a very good video game. Did you really? I played a game, and I, when I finished it, I put that on the controller down and thought, damn, that's one of the best games I've ever played. Oh, shit. 13 years ago when I first played it, that's also <laughs> how I felt. <laughs> <laughs> I, of course, I'm talking about Super Mario Galaxy. Thank you for that. <laughs> I, told, I told you I had one, Polly. So last time on the podcast, I was just about to finish Mario 64. Right. 
I had 69 stars, and you need 70 to beat it. <laughs> I, I broke Polly. <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> so I finished Mario 64 like that night and had a very good time. It was a very fun, weird little game. Mm-hmm. Like It's weird that this genre definer now feels like this weird outlier because it's kind of more of an exploration treasure hunting game than it is a platformer at all. But then, like, you do have those moments like the final Bowser level that is just actually oh, extremely man. good platforming. Yeah, like all the Bowser levels are really good platforming. Yeah. The thing they do in those stages, though, is they basically just make it a 2D game. Like, oh, yeah. the camera's way zoomed out and it's all side view. It's just like, oh, now I can properly fucking judge distance and yeah. stuff. <laughs> yeah. It's no surprise <laughs> that, like, when I first played that game, like, those were the levels I liked the most. Yeah. It almost had that kind of, like, Psychonauts feel where, like, Psychonauts isn't a platformer for most of the time. It's actually an adventure game. And then you get to Meat Circus and you're like, what the hell? Mm -hmm. So, like, getting to Bowser 3 is like, oh, now we're a platformer again. Okay. Especially because I, like, didn't do anything in TikTok Clock or Rainbow Ride. Mm. So I really just jumped right into the end game. It's like, oh, right, this is hard. But, and that Bowser fight is... I didn't have as much trouble as I did as a kid, but you really have to nail a couple throws there. Oh, yeah, yeah, like when, when the, the last one especially. Yeah, when the whole thing starts falling apart. It's, and I can't believe how dramatic the music is there. It's just all organ playing. I'm just sitting here like, this was cool as hell, 96, and now all I can think about is Battle Arena Toshinden doing the exact same oh, thing a year earlier. Wow! I never thought that I would end up in a discussion on a podcast where fucking Mario 64 got compared to Battle Arena Toshinden, but here we are. It's just, it's kind of <laughs> cheesy. For yeah, it, it is. It is. I get what they're going for, obviously. But yeah. <laughs> it still mostly works, but again, the fact that one of the PS1 launch games did like the exact same thing a year earlier makes yeah. it very funny. <laughs> so... This was on the 3D All-Stars collection, and I immediately booted up the next game, Super Mario Sunshine. Yay! Man. Woo! Man, talk about good video games, huh? This isn't one of them. (laughs) I didn't really play this for very long, so I can't really dump it on it too much, but it's like, I realized the truth about why that game is frustrating and bad. But like having immediately come off Mario 64, it's like, oh my god, the movement in this feels so much better. Mm. Like, there's actual responsiveness and and speed. Like, you know, the frame rate's way better. Mario is just... Mario's, like, too slippery in that game is honestly the problem. He is. Like, that leads to a lot of deaths in Mario 64. Um, Like, I was watching somebody play that game for the first time. Like, they they hadn't played it since 95, and I watched Mm -hmm. them play it the other day. And they were just constantly complaining about, like, why is he so slippery? Why do I keep sliding off of everything? It's like Oh, in 64, yeah. You go up, like, anything approaching, like, a 30-degree slope. And you're just, you're out. You're done. But Sunshine is, like... You tap in a direction, he just starts fucking dashing in that direction. He's way too fast. <laughs> yeah. Like, Galaxy is actually slowed down. It's a more of a middle ground. But, like, the fact that Sunshine was, like, 2002, like, it does feel like a remarkable jump in just a few years. And obviously, you know, Brera did all their stuff in the man- meantime. They, they fucking took that genre and drove it into the ground with... Oh, you know, Banjo-Kazooie yeah. and then Banjo-Tooie yeah. and then Donkey oh, Kong 64. Yeah. So, you know, skipping all over, over all those being like, oh, wow, the new Mario feels really good in comparison. 
The problem in that game is the mission design. Oh, you told me this, and I just lost <laughs> yeah. my mind. I was like, oh, whoa, I didn't know that. that so sucks. the truth of this game, and so Mario 64, you have to get 70 stars to beat the game. Yeah. And you would assume, years later, the sunshine is a similar thing. You need 50 shines to beat the game. The problem is, is that you actually have to just beat the seventh mission in every world. Yeah. And you only do that by beating the first six. Yeah, it so you, feels really so you, bad. So you actually have literally zero choice in which shines to get to yep. beat the game. So it's just get these 49 and the one from the tutorial and the last level opens up. How do you miss out the part of, of, of Mario 64 where the, the hub world in the castle was like an interesting way to frame yeah. the, the way that entire game worked and that like having mm -hmm. multiple pads open at all times meant like i'm frustrated in dire dire docks i'll go to back to bubble on battlefield and get 100 coins and make myself feel yeah, better. something like that so like obviously the hub in this game is actually pretty good like you know the whole island it's, Delfino, like, it's a big hub i just don't really i don't know i don't like I, it i just mean like this is the one Mario game out of, like, literally all of them, even the 2D games. It's the one Mario game that gives a shit about the setting. Yeah. The way, like, every uh, every level is, like, a place, and, like, you can see them from each other, mm -hmm. like Dark Souls. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's the Dark Souls. <laughs> it is interesting, though, that it's, it's a complete irre... irre yeah, you know what I'm trying to say. No, no, what, what's the word? <laughs> Continuous world? irregularity there you, there you go. go there you go i knew you could do it it's just it's very weird from all the other mario games where like because nintendo doesn't give a sh like look at the graphics in all the new games oh god like they don't give a shit you look at new super mario brothers and then you look at donkey kong country returns and stuff it's like oh they gave a shit in one of these yep so like Mario just doesn't care about setting usually, and in no. Sunshine they do, and it's it's interesting in that regard. Mm. But the problem is that because in Mario sixty four, you can get a shine or a star, but like the others are still usually available in the world for the most part. Mm. Like there's a few exceptions, like you have to pick like race Koopa the Quick to get that star. Yeah, but usually like the other five are just out there anyways. In Sunshine, when you pick a mission. There's the one star That's is available. That's the only thing you can do during that mission. Yeah. So <laughs> so then that so then I realize it's just not actually an open world game. No. It's just a linear game with a shitload of dead space. Yep. So when I realized that, I was like, "Oh, I'm not going to seriously play this game because it's going to frustrate me immediately." Mm -hmm. So I just jumped right into shop into Galaxy the next day and I... had an extremely good time because that game's kind of a masterpiece. Yeah. Galaxy 1... Not even kind of a masterpiece. That game is a masterpiece. Yeah, Galaxy 1 in particular is... Just, yeah, that's a stellar piece of work. Yeah. And it is funny, like, so Mario's a little bit slower. His moveset goes back to much more similar to Mario 64, where, like, you have the ground pound... Or, no, you can ground pound, but you have the long jump and... Uh, one of the other... The long jump and something else is back in this one that they work on in... Six, the triple jump. Sunshine. The triple the, jump? No, triple jump's definitely both of them. Is it? Maybe it is the ground pound. Mm -hmm. oh. oh, it's it's the, it's uh, they, the backwards they, they jump. Kept the, they kept triple jump and everything up until 3D World. I remember trying to do it in 3D World and being like, what the fuck? Why can't I triple jump? I can't okay, triple it's, jump. It's the backflip and the long jump aren't in Sunshine. Oh, right. 
Okay. Yeah, but the, and then they're back in so in Galaxy. So Galaxy feels almost immediately more like a direct successor to 64, where it's like, yeah, we're kind of doing a little bit of a step back, sidestep here. Like, hey, just ignore that other one. And the funny thing is, so like this game almost always felt like we're trying really hard to make a game with a good camera because Sunshine is because in 64 the camera sucks ass we understand that yeah it's, it was the first of its kind it's it has trying well it's trying um, and then you go to Sunshine oh boy and it, and it just has full modern 3D you know right stick analog camera but it's but then so it all, limited in really dumb ways like they deliberately lock the camera at certain points because they know they're only giving you shit angles to judge yeah there's weird things about it, like how I think when you're hovering, like the camera will rotate no matter yeah, which way you have it to go it's behind you. Real bad. So there's shit like that, but it's like if in general, it's you know significantly more modernized than 64 feels. And then in Galaxy, the camera is like locked almost the entire game. Yeah, and you never really notice it because it they just have a way of always giving you good angles. Like there's so there's a few areas where you can use the right stick, and even then it does like, whoop, whoop, like the move in fifteen degree in- increments, like it does in sixty four. Mm-hmm. Like there's mm-hmm. like the B level, like anything that's like kind of an open flat plane, they let you move the camera, and that's like very little of the actual game. So the fact that they made a three D platformer where you d- you just never have to fuck with the camera is kind of astounding. Yeah, and then. That is pretty cool. And then again, so like it's like Galaxy in that when you pick a star, that's the only thing you can get. Mm-hmm. But there's only three per area, and it's just there's no bullshit. Yeah, like it's, it's just it's you just lean. go. Yeah, it's just way more focused, direct, good platforming courses. Yeah, that's feels like Sunshine was dramatically lacking. Like the, again, the thing about Sunshine is like the best part of that game is when you don't have flood. <laughs> Yeah, the, and that's the... The, and that's basically the part of the game that they expanded out into Galaxy. Yeah, are, are those you know levels in a floating in a void? Mm-hmm. They, they were just like, what if instead of a void, it's just outer space? And someone's like, fucking nailed it. Yeah, like I, the black. I love the black holes where it's in the center of the platform. Yeah. Like, how do we do bottomless pits on around a sphere? Yeah. Very well. easily. Yeah, like that's such a fun way to handle that. Because sometimes if you don't see a black hole, then it actually is just safe to jump down. Yeah, there. it's safe to just jump down there. Like it, it's real good so at telegraphing a, that shit. It, so it's a good visual indi- visualization of like, hey, this will kill you down here. Yeah, I know a lot of the a lot of the secrets in that game are kind of silly because it is so minimized. Where it's just like, just you're on a flat like platform, just walk to the other side walk of it. To the other over there, <laughs> walk to the bottom. Yeah, and the but they like they do a good job of training that early though. Like they, the first couple mm-hmm. of galaxies that you go into, they make sure that you're kind of like that's the critical path and making you kind of start to twist your thinking the way that the game wants to be played. Yeah. So that when you get the later points in the game and, and and you're 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 searching for things, it's not so weird to think to do things like that. Yeah, like one of the very first things is there's a house in front of you that says like, oh, use the back door on the other side. Yeah. And then you just go underneath the whole planet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so they definitely teach that stuff. And then the Bowser fights are actually this is the like the first Mario game with good boss fights. Yeah, I think the the boss fights in Galaxy 1 and 2 are really good. Yeah. 
Because that was the other thing I noticed in Sunshine when I played it for like 20 minutes is that I fought the same boss like three times. Yeah. Like, Oof. That, that game's you also fight, only got like seven areas too. So Yeah. there's You fight like this piranha plant covered in goo like three times yeah. right at the start. And then another boss that's uh That's a fucking piranha, piranha plant. plant. Yeah. You fight Peter Piranha and it's basically the exact same fight. And then you fight a blooper and it's a little bit different. Yeah. But I'm like... I can't believe this game had three boss fights in like 20 minutes and they're all kind of they're bad. The, they're bad and they're the same. So like all the boss fights in Mario Galaxy are good and then the Bowser ones just go ridiculous. And again, yeah. and it has the, the big orchestral choir chanting as you fight Bowser at the center it's of the galaxy. It's so good. Like, it, that, like that, if any Mario game earns that, it's Galaxy because yeah. Galaxy has that scope. The ending of that game, like... <laughs> It's God, so I can't good. believe, like, again, the ending of this game is so good. They fucking blow up the universe and yeah. Rosalina makes a new one. <laughs> and then there's the whole storybook thing with her. And it's like, oh, God, this all landed for me all over again. Yep. Shit. Yeah, it's man. It's so man. Like, I was like, when I finally got around to playing this game, because like I didn't mm. play one until after a friend got me two uh, for Jeez. Christmas one year. So I played two and I liked it a lot. Uh, and then I went and picked up one. It just it, that one blew me away. Uh, yeah. Like I liked I what the... two was doing. You know, it was like, mm-hmm. oh, okay. Like you're giving me the mechanic stuff that, like, okay, I can play this and I can digest this and I like it a lot. And then you go and like they add, like the the the, the just the overall kind of the the, the world feel, the story and everything mm-hmm. in uh, the first game. And it's like, oh, this is clearly yeah. the superior uh, package. I do wish two was ported in this collection, though. Like, yeah. it sucks that it's not here. Yeah, it's real dumb. Because, like, the motion control stuff, I honestly thought worked really well. I was using the Pro Controller. Mm-hmm. And, like, just being able to point at the screen. Like, you get used to it pretty quickly. Like, just tilting the controller a little bit to collect star bits and stuff. Right, right. Like, I understand it would be a little more <laughs> intensive when you're riding on Yoshi and 2, but I think... They could probably make that I, work. I guess it, it's probably the touchscreen on the handheld version that would make it too much because then yeah. you're completely blocking your screen with your hand constantly. Yeah. But it's also like, it probably should have just thrown it in there. Yeah. 60 bucks so I quite fin- a bit. <laughs> yeah. So I finished Galaxy and had a really good time, and then I moved on to another Mario game just to see. <laughs> I loaded up a new file in Super Mario Odyssey. Oh, yeah. So, uh... Had you played this one before? Hmm? I've not. Had you played play, this one I've before? not played it. I think Red has. I played it. I was wondering, yeah, if Red had... Okay, so you're replaying. I played oh. it. It was like... Really kind of felt nothing for a lot of it. Mm. So yeah. I loaded up a new file of Odyssey, and literally the first prompt in this game is use the right analog stick to move the, can- <laughs> to move the camera. <laughs> it's just... Again, thinking about how like sixty four struggled to make yeah. a three D camera, and then Gal and then Sunshine kind of got there, and then Galaxy was just like, "No, we're actually not going to let you ever touch the camera." Yeah. So for this one to start there as the very first thing was very funny. Mm-hmm. Galaxy and Galaxy Two and Three D Land and Three D World. Oh, they right. made four yeah. games in a row of just like, "Nope, no camera." That's true. Control for you. Yeah. We are locking this down. So it's the very first prompt in this game is move the camera. <laughs> Cool. Which un- which is understandable because it's you know they went back to what people wanted of the big flat open areas like yeah. six six four and sunshine, mm-hmm. and the movement it's like I can feel that it's technically better than 
Galaxy, like you've got more moves. He's a little bit more responsive. He's not quite as slippery as Sunshine. But I just just never feel like the level design is actually there to make it fun to actually do the platforming. Because like, it's, it's, yeah. Everything I've seen with Odyssey, it doesn't really feel like level design in the sense what you think of level design in a Mario mm-hmm. game. Yeah. It's just way spread out. Yeah. There's just massive amounts of kind of dead space. And then and it, to me, what to me, what was compelling about Odyssey is when it felt like I was exploring cool little 3D diorama mm. worlds the same way as in 64. Because mm. um, that's not something you really get, at least out of yeah. Galaxy, Galaxy 2, 3D Land, 3D World. Um, to mm. me, I was put off because it felt like there was too much noise. Like we had all the... There was just so many extra moons and then somebody like, oh, go into this into this door and teleport into a platformer level, da 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 instead of just kind of Yeah being um, a part of versus the world. 64. Yeah, 64 felt a lot cleaner and chiller mm-hmm. and more confident that I could just enjoy being in that world for in these little diorama worlds for a while. Yeah. All of the good platforming in this game is in these little sub areas mm-hmm. that they eventually just put on your map. And it's just like, oh, now I have to spend like a couple minutes not having fun to just run to the next one. Yeah. Do like a, a minute of platforming and then get back to running around the open world. Yeah. The, it's just the open areas just don't do a whole lot for me in that game. And also, I'm a little perpetually mad at that game for not. That game is so aggressive about teaching you the controls. Where like when you're riding on the air. Oh my God, it's so obnoxious. When you're riding in the airship, Cappy will just start telling you about the controls. And then there's signposts in the world that are just like, hey, did you know you could hold duck and then press B to do a roll or whatever? Oh. And then it show it pops up a video of someone holding Joy-Cons, oh. doing the move, and then like a little picture-in-picture thing that doesn't go away for like 30 seconds. We're and going then, back here, Nintendo! The worst thing... <laughs> and then every time you have a capture, when you use the hat to capture an enemy, oh. if you don't move for like 10 seconds, it shows you the controls oh, again. No. And it's also super annoying because the controls for the captures are always like literally one button where it's like, press this to press a, to extend. I'm literally in the middle of a boss fight where I have just extended (laughs) and hit the boss and it pops up the controls, press a, to extend, just so you know. Uh... And the the other thing that drives me nuts in that game is (laughs) every capture has motion controls for no reason. Thank God they got rid of the forced waggle in galaxy. Mm -hmm. You don't have to damn shake the damn controller to attack anymore. You can just press X. So that's really good. Right. Every capture in Mario Odyssey is like press A to jump or press or shake the fucking controller to do a little bit higher of a jump. (laughs) And like there are some moons that you need to do that for. But so this so my point is that this game is super anal about telling you controls all the time except for the dive. They don't teach you how to do the dive until you get to the last area. What? The dive is hold forward and Z while in the air, and the dive is allow- is what allows you to bounce off the hat. Which, oh my like, god. That's like one the of the thing- biggest fucking speedrun techniques in the fucking game. It completely opens up the entire right. possibility space of the movement in that game. They don't tell it to you until the Why end. Why would... I- so I was so mad when I beat that game. I went, oh, oh, this is how you're actually supposed to fucking play it. Yeah. They tell, yeah. 
So basically, my goal with the replay was to just do the minimum amount of moons per area and just kind of focus on getting to the boss and doing like the critical bath. Basically, I got like three areas and was like kind of bored. <laughs> so I, and then I got distracted by another game. No. In, in a... mm. for, for the record, um, for the record, the little side areas that you're yeah. like, all right, here's the fun part. Um, that's just all of 3D World yeah. and 3D Land. That's the thing. I think this game like, is just kind of structurally levels. confused in that it wants to have those. And even Galaxy is like, mm -hmm. here are these little planetoids that are just fun platforming exercises and you just blast off to the next one. There's no downtime. Yeah. So that's clearly what mm -hmm. they want to make, make between the 3D Land games and the Galaxy games. Mm -hmm. And this one is just like, they're doing a big open world because that's what players seem to want they want 64 too well i mean like they they made four of those and p and they're all yeah. good um to me it makes sense that they want to go because i don't think 64 is just like is pure like to me a, a lot of that game is like soaking up the ambiance like especially in those yeah. water levels and whatnot i'm just like hey this is this is kind of a mood yeah i'm right. enjoying this like i said last time that game isn't really a platformer in its best moments mm -hmm. yeah I think it's, um, so trying to get back to that makes sense to me. It's just that it's so distracted, like you yeah, said. Because then it still has those little platforming areas, and it's just not really good of an explanation. Some of the moons, ten trillion moons. The moons in that game, because <laughs> doing the critical path, I wasn't always able to get enough to move on to the next area. Mm -hmm. But some of the moons in that game are literally like go around this corner. Yeah, like they are so fucking bare bones, and like twice. Twice in like the hour I played it, a moon was like, "Oh, you're in the 2D Mario sprite section. There's a pipe here, but if you just keep walking like one foot around oh, it and go around the corner, there's God. a moon." Twice that happened in like the first and third area. I was just like, "Oh, okay." So, like they reuse ideas that are also like super basic as an idea to begin with, yeah. and they reuse them. It's like y'all, y'all. That was like a cool trick. When you when the game was Super Paper Mario, yeah, <laughs> yeah. The fact that there's like literally a thousand moons is just like that's Ugh. just, oh <laughs> god. Like no, because you can buy moons. Yeah, you there's can really buy only moons like eight hundred, well. and then you can buy as many moons as you want. You can go and buy five hundred moons and max out your counter without collecting. Okay, all the moons so there's really like eight hundred. Because then they have. There's really like eight. Why can you buy moons? That's so. That's weird. so dumb. Why can't you buy infinite moons? I don't understand. Because they made the oh, unlocks game. of last level like nine 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 or something. I think I might have gotten that high on my first playthrough. I think it's like five. There's definitely a five hundred. I think something might happen at nine hundred. It's not like another. Level. Uh, I don't know. I just. The thought of I, collecting. Hundreds of anything is just exhausting yeah. for me. Yeah, because then they stop meaning. Yeah, they stop having mean real anything. meaning, and then they start to do like the mm -hmm. bosses drop multi moons that are three at once. So it's like big moon. Mm -hmm. This one really pretends to matter. Yeah, it's three. Yeah. It's three and one. I think it's just like I want. I want to like that game because I think there are good moments, like all the New Donk City stuff, like when it becomes more cinematic and like you've got that huge set piece with uh pauline and like the ending is really the ending of this game is supersonic adventure in the best way yeah. where it's just playing a rock song yeah, it's while pretty good. there's it's pretty lava cool. and shit blowing up like mario mm -hmm. in space yeah in space it's like it's everything i want but then galaxy has already done that better mm. 
So I think I'm good on Mario for now. <laughs> I beat two games and tried out two of the ones I don't like. And then 3D World is coming to Switch next year, so I'm going to get that. Anyways. Oh, it is, isn't it? I forgot about uh, that. That game's dope. Yeah, that game rolls. That game's good. Yeah, yeah. That that getting ported got totally drowned out by the ports. Yeah, because they came out like five days after the announcement, probably. Yeah. yeah. Have you played the Mario 35 at all? I haven't. Like, I'm surprised. It sounded like something that you would get into personally. Like, I just kind of saw that and thought, I can see Rhett losing a couple of weeks in that. Yeah. The horrible part now mm-hmm. is that because I haven't played it, I feel like I'm... oh yeah, you're, you're <laughs> now too late. people are gonna get people are gonna get good at it, and yeah. people are like unlocking the later levels to throw to your enemies. It's yeah. like oh, you're both. I can never hop into this now. Yeah, it's like Tetris ninety nine was fun for like the first three days, <laughs> and, and, then, and then the Tetris grandmasters started playing it. Yeah, it's like you see like Cosmic, like the Super Mario One World Record yeah. holder playing this game and just fucking destroying everyone yeah, yeah like sleepwalking to victories like <laughs> he's just trying to find points it's like oh the number two guy died i won shoot <laughs> like <laughs> i have seen some pretty funny videos of this game because it'll send any enemy type towards any each other. level it's great <laughs> so like early on it's just like oh here's okay. a bunch of goombas and koopas and you're like haha that's funny i've seen videos of people sending like 10 uh lakitus at each other yes and it's just <laughs> fucking crazy because like the game starts smacking out on the top row so it throws them in the middle and then that maxes out and it throws them on the bottom and that maxes <laughs> out it's just like there's like literally like 12 lakitus on screen at once it's like oh this is this is fucked yeah because <laughs> like if you're targeting multiple pe- attackers, then you send one Lakitu to two people, and then they both kill, and then send and then, like, Yeah, you just start flooding you the market. Multiply, you literally multiply enemies back and forth. Yeah, and you, can send, you can send Bowsers. Yep. <laughs> just ten Bowsers going everywhere. It's great. Yeah. But it just seems like kind of weightless, because you can yeah. just start buying items and just get a star and just yeah. be fine. Yeah. So I don't know. It's it's a weird thing. I still think yeah. it's stupid that Nintendo's taking it away. Um, if anything, I think that that's a game that you could expand on and make the the, the other games part of that. Oh God, Super Mario Three would be crazy. Super Mario Three would be great because it's got these small bite sized courses that are perfect. Yeah, like I think Mario Three would be amazing in this format. I just think in terms of like people not yeah. dying immediately, it would be crazy. Yeah, I think Super Mario One because it's you know flat. Yeah, I think a lot of stuff can work in that. Yeah, so that's that's what I've been up to. Definitely, definitely everything I've been up to. John Fire, I'm gonna throw the ball right back to you. What do you got? Um, I played an RPG Maker mm. game. What'd you do that for? Those are bad universally. This is just John's classic Honestly, hits, yeah. Castlevania and RPG Maker games. That's just like all John. It's the very it's you want to distill John down to like two things: yeah. RPG Maker games and Castlevania. <laughs> RPG Maker games, rampy games, and shmups. Yeah, that gets that yeah. covers everything that matters. That gets it. Um, What'd you play? So, um, I just will, this will just be a little thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's like three. 2012 horror RPG maker games that I think everybody talks about. Um, I think one of them is Mad Father, which I still yeah, haven't played. Mad Father. Um, yep, that was 2012 too. Um, the other is Ebe, which yep. I have played yeah. a while ago, but I remember really connecting with it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Witch's House. 
Yeah. And I played Witch's House. Yeah. Um, and this is this one's interesting. It's just interesting because I I realize I don't engage much with the whole RPG Maker horror game thing. Yeah. Um. I kind I, I hear folks group Yumi Nikki in with that, but it feels like a completely different kind of beast from I, what these games are doing. Mm, nah, that's not. I don't put Yumi Nikki in that uh, pile. Yeah, Yumi Nikki's giant empty weird experimental art dream spaces yeah that's not horror uh, like just because it's yeah. weird and esoteric doesn't mean that it's horror mm-hmm. versus eb and Witch's house which and are, presumably mad which are straight ed- horror adventure games right like they are here here are puzzles here you do this thing and then you die <laughs> um and then you can retry again um it's the the whole design language is different mm-hmm. because it's about about navigation, and then these games are about adventure game puzzles essentially, um, which is a challenge for me because adventure game puzzles are the hardest kind of video game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like when you're dealing with uh, adventure game puzzles, you're often going to battle with somebody else's logic, and that's yeah. a weird proposition um, because not everybody <laughs> logics things out the same way. So it's it can be an interesting or a frustrating exercise, depending on how uh, you look at it. Mm-hmm. I've been trying to open my heart a little more and try to um, kind of figure out, kind of, kind of get, get a little bit more um, thoughtful and a little bit more uh, patient and try mm-hmm. to really try to work stuff out. And it's usually rewarding. Um, and Witch's House is interesting because I think it's kind of a, a very strong formal exercise that doesn't really amount to much that I connected with. Mm. Uh, I remember Eve having a really strong climax that mm-hmm. kind of kind of moved me a bit. Um, the stuff with Mary, essentially. Um, it there's a mo- there's a turn in that game um, where things take on a new form, a new visual language. Um, it's been a while, so I don't remember it clearly, but I remember that and being like, oh, okay. Um, whereas this game is just like, we're, we've got four, five floors. They are a series of puzzles on that you go through in a linear order, and they're scary jump scares. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Um, and I think it's very well done in that sense. I think that a lot of the scares are really smart with how they're constructed. Um, there's a, the early one. There's um, there's a there's a bit with a frog that I really enjoyed. Um, it's sort of like the companion cube in Portal. <laughs> oh, good. good. Oh no. Good. Good. And and it plays out very effectively. And then there's a callback to it in the last level hmm. that lands really hard for me. Um, it's just like, it's doing something that to me is pretty basic. The fact that it's 2012 and not to like 2019 helps me like it a lot more. Um, cause it was still like kind of early. This is one of the sort of foundation. Yeah. Like this is when like, that obviously... scene was kind of starting to kick off. Like mm-hmm. RPG maker was becoming more, uh, available, uh, to more creators because it was kind of like, you kind of just had to rely on. Uh, kind of crappy, sometimes not so great translations for a while until they were officially starting to get um, ported over. So, mm, and these were all ones that... Yeah, 2010 to 2012 was when... Were all ones that, um, yeah. 
yeah, these are all ones that VG person was translating over. Mm-hmm. Um, I think she uh, she was really good. She's really good at um, bringing these, bring solid translations, and she's done a bunch of RPG Maker games I really like. Yeah. Um, and I've always had a good, very positive experience with her work. I played Standstill Girl and Eve, uh, among others. Um, so, yeah, it's so I'm playing this, and I'm just like. Okay, I really, I'm really getting this. Where's the, where's the part where you kind of grab my feeling, where you kind of do something with it? Yeah. And then it has like a cool set piece climax, um, and a little twist. But it, there's never a point where it like actually kind of made me feel things. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. No, I guess. And for like. For like an, a narrative adventure game with dialogue and whatnot, uh, to me, I think um, I would have wanted the turn to happen a little bit earlier and last longer, mm. and kind of do a little more with it. Just when you end on a big twist, um, I, I played a handful of games that do that, where they they get to the point where the story becomes interesting and then immediately end. <laughs> um, and I think that's. I think that's sort of a can be a self defeating shape. Yeah. Um, that said, if you're interested in like the in the form of haunted house RPG maker game, this has a lot of good material in that respect. Um, but that that yeah, that's that's that was an, it was just interesting for me because I was like, okay, so this is doing all this stuff well, but I I could very clearly feel a lack of something else that i wanted mm-hmm. um he wrote a novel they wrote a novel sequel or prequel to the game oh, which yeah. i think is a great energy it's on amazon vg person also translated the novel um and i think that rules That's... i think anyone who makes an rpg maker game and then writes a full-blown novel sequel yeah that's pretty fucking rad automatic. not gonna lie that's yeah cool. is it a prequel or a sequel I think prequel. Like, um, one of your complaints is that it does the turn and then immediately ends, and then they do a prequel book instead of doing the follow through that you wanted. No, no, because the, it didn't leave room for follow through the way oh, it ends. Okay, it ends immediately. Um, it ends. It doesn't like it. It, actually, it doesn't tease a sequel though. Okay, that's what. I mean. No, 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 no. It's not doing anything like that. Okay. Um, and the other game I was thinking of that did that also just immediately killed the character main character. It's like, okay, this is an ending. It's not. <laughs> teasing something but like you weren't really doing anything before and then you get to this point and I'm like okay here, there's an idea here and then it still immediately ends That's that can be deflating even if it's not like yeah. a cliffhanger bullshit um, so doing a prequel visual novel is like there. it felt like the game was lacking some, kind of some narrative weight and maybe some character weight mm-hmm. um so that to me feels like a great way to be like, hey, why don't we kind of fill in some of these blanks? I made the, I made a cool haunted house game. Let's fill in this story a bit. That's neat. So that I think that's neat. I respect I that kind of energy. <laughs> like I respect that dedication. That's good shit. Um, I won't talk about the I won't talk about the other thing I've been up to too much. Um, I read Higurashi. You boy, oh boy, come on! You you read you read a lot of Higarashi. Did you do like three arcs in two weeks? Um, 
think so. Yeah, I'm looking at says I completed. I, I put Mayakashi on my backloggery on the sixth, and then put finished Minagaroshi yesterday oh or today. Oh my or yesterday. god! So yeah, two weeks. That's okay. No, you got to talk about this. Let's let's get into this. Let's get okay, into this. Okay, cool. I will happily talk about this. Yeah, like uh, like we're good. We, we're we're um, a little we're we're a little low on things to talk about at the end with me. I've only got one I'll thing. So let's let's get into this. Let's get into this. What 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 pulled you back in the, the, like this hard? What happened? He ran out of just kind of a drift. I haven't had a thing that kind of grabbed me mm -hmm. um, narratively, at least. He he ran out uh, of Castlevania games. Yeah. <laughs> Good ones. I actually started um, Symphony of the Night a replay and Mayakashi like the same night, and then I stuck with Mayakashi, which seems like a victory uh, over evil. Yeah. Um, <laughs> path of light, path of darkness. Void. <laughs> um, the. I mean, I knew I was going to jump back in yeah. any minute. Yeah, so like, yeah. Because I, I read all four question arcs, and I completely loved them. Just, um, just, just waiting for probably to get a little bit of further ahead. You, yeah, you literally blew past where I was in two weeks. You literally finished the arc <laughs> that we're finishing Tuesday. So I was like two games ahead of you, and then I let you catch up, and then I'm caught up again. Yeah. I passed yeah. you again. So um, how, how'd Mayakashi how'd land? <laughs> It's very good. Oh, man. <laughs> that one gives me so many feels, just kind yeah. of revisiting it in my head and thinking about certain key moments. Just like, mm -hmm. <sighs> it's rough. Yeah. Yeah. Mayakashi's interesting because it almost feels like a fifth question arc in some ways. Yeah. Like, it very directly answers things. It gives you answers to questions. But with the overarching stuff, it's still, it's just telling you, okay, it's not this. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so in some way, so that's, that, I think that's an interesting observation about yeah. it compared with the other answer arts. Mm -hmm. Um, I think the whole starting, the whole like first half before the time skip in Mayakashi, mm -hmm. um, is one of the strongest individual stories, I think in all of Vigu. It's Higu. so uh, Pretty good. easily. Um, it's so good. Shion is so good. Man. She she's a character that's really <laughs> relegated to the background quite a bit for a long time, uh, and I still think that just because most people mm -hmm. are only familiar with the anime, that, that she still kind of doesn't get the kind of attention mm -hmm. uh, because her arc in the anime was not presented the way that it is in the visual novel. Whereas in the visual novel, we are in her head the entire time, and it's a very unique headspace to be in um, uh, when, when you when you contrast it because she's intensely likable. Yes, intensely. You root for this girl so hard. Mm -hmm. um, she's also kind of a bitch sometimes. <laughs> kind of a bitch, but it's Even just like, given her lot in life, I get it. Mm -hmm. Exactly. You completely yeah. get it. When she, when, when she has those moments, it's just like she's being self-centered in a very grounded, in a very sensible way. Um, it makes her very interesting to me, and very and just kind of makes her that much more likable. Yeah, honestly. Yeah. yeah. Um, but this, it's all in her head, mm -hmm. um, and the way that that first half, everything up until that time skip, it's just, it just goes. Oh, um, it feels like it feels like staring down a tsunami. Oh, waiting for it to just crash on it. you. 
you feel it coming. Like, and this is the part of the series where I feel it finally kind of gets its pacing legs a bit. Um, it, mm-hmm. it, like, cause this, the pace of this arc in particular feels really good. Uh, despite the fact that it's trying to cram two, you know, two years worth of content. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like the, that rising, that rising tsunami that's headed for the shore, you mm-hmm. know, it's going to hit. And it's just like, you're trying to brace yourself, but there's nothing you can do. And she's just standing there, just like brazen, brave, yeah. and it's like, holy shit, girl. Yeah. Oh boy. <laughs> uh, um, so you, you completely love her. Yeah. Um, and I think it's the most painful violence in the yeah. series. Yeah. Absolutely. I've experienced. It's, it's, it's. Um, is that halfway point? It, because of where it's coming from, uh, because of who it's being mm-hmm. inflicted upon, um, the, just everything surrounding it, like that whole story and everything that she, that character's been through, it's just, oh, it just hurts so good. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> boy. Um, yeah, so you just, it's a... It's a really strong story. I think the back half, um, where it is going, where it is also retreading ground from Wata. Yeah. Um, I think I think that bit um, felt slower to me, especially going into the other answer arcs in comparison. Oh yeah. Um, most because, mostly because it's unlike the other answer arcs, it feels a little bit more like kind of watching somebody explain a magic trick. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's a little bit of that where it's like. We are straightforwardly. Here is what happened Here's in this the first thing arc that happened. Yeah, like it, I like that. I like the moments where like the big things are happening, <laughs> but true. but but yeah, like the, it, it takes another six to eight chapters to play out, and it's maybe could have yeah could have sped things along a little bit. I more, I still like the parts where Go like ahead. you're in her head and she's explaining what's going on, but in in her head she's just like catch me catch me figure it out figure it out like yeah oh it's so her cool. internal thoughts during those scenes i still think makes them really interesting yeah 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 oh for sure it's not dead yeah. air at all in the anime it um, was kind of dead air yeah like problem. that arc just does not land the same way um because they literally just copy pasted scenes from wata yeah. without any sort of narration changes yeah yeah, yeah. especially when um they the turn that sort of makes the back half of that game is apparently not present in the anime adaptation. And that too, that one is fucking yeah, crazy. That's that being absent is holy shit. Yeah, that's bonkers to me. There is there is a, there's a specific character mm-hmm. turn. Um, yeah. That I finished a, a, a chapter of the arc and then went to bed for the night and just felt sick to my stomach. It sucks. Thinking about how that would feel and what would that would what that would mean yeah. to be in that headspace, to be in that position. Like that's your life um, changed forever in a way that you can't fucking take back. Yep. And having that pay off after all the after the just gut wrenching first half. Yeah. Um it was really strong. And that's kind of what that's kind of what made the back half of the game for me. Mm. Um because 
in addition to just the other the the she, her psychology is very good there i think the violence in the back half once you get past us that, that's just something i think the answer arcs understand really the other answer arcs understand very effectively is that once you get past a certain point of violence in higarashi um there's a sort of re- release of tension yeah because it's like well this is this this world's in the toilet now yeah like we're done like uh we could just ride this out now and hope we come away from it with something that'll help us moving forward. Yeah, and Mayakashi is probably the one that spends the most time where you already know you're in the toilet. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you're in the toilet like three chapters in. <laughs> um, so I think that's um, it, it's very exciting, and again the the plot machinations are very it's. Very, it's almost zero escapee of watching it all come together like mm-hmm. a magic trick. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and for me, the thing that elevates it is that character. There's a very good character work with Xion tied in with that good twist. Yeah. Um, I am. I'm just very, I am very glad that the other answer arcs take a different approach. If there yeah, are more like this. That's like, the best like, part about the answer arcs is that they're all unique in their own way. They're all framed mm-hmm. differently. Mm-hmm. Um, the way they present themselves is interesting. They have some kind of gimmick or something. And it's, it's real, real interesting the way that the answer arcs play out overall. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's just, it's a very strong, it, it's also a little, there's one extra wrinkle here mm-hmm. that I think is interesting because unlike the other answer arcs, um, Wata is the most overtly cathartic, um, yeah. of the four questioner. I think it's the most like, um, feelingsy story mm-hmm. of all of them. I think it was my favorite question arc. Um, and this game sort of robs a little bit of that catharsis from you. Oh, yeah. It actually undercuts feelings you felt in that first game. Yeah, it, 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 and... it has to to show you the magic trick. Exactly. Um, and the others haven't really felt that way. So it was almost, it was kind of complicated for me in that mm-hmm. sense of just like, I had bought into this very simple story, mm-hmm. almost kind of elevated fairy tale story. And sensing the reality of it was almost deflating. Mm. Uh, Which I think is, I'm not saying that as a criticism, I'm saying it's interesting. Yeah. Uh, So that's, I I had to like kind of, I was a little, I was almost a little mad for a little (laughs) bit. Like, oh. So you like, basically you liked the lie answer more than the, the cold reality. I liked the the lie was more beautiful than the, than the cold. <laughs> well, then maybe you will like Umineko. Yeah, you might. Because that's kind of what it's about. That'll be interesting. Cool. Um, because Wata is the most all all the other lot. None of the other lies are as beautiful as Wata's. I think. Um, so I was like, oh. So that I I had an interesting arc with the story because this was by far my favorite arc when I watched the show as a kid. Um. Because it is by far the most violent uh-huh. and lives in the violence for the longest. <laughs> yeah, that's, really, that's what you like I mean, when you're sixteen. Yes, because that was that was the hook when you're when you're a dumb sixteen year old is oh bloody show, bloody bloody murder show. <laughs> or dumb dumb twenty five year old or however me and Polly were yeah, watching. We like twenty five <laughs> Like oh, who's your favorite murder murder girlfriend? Is she on? <laughs> it's she on. 
<laughs> she was my favorite. She's good. Um, She's very good. Chion's very good. And the again, the visual novel is very unexploitative, I think, about how it represents violence. But it, this is the one where it leans... It is the most unflinching, I think, in a way that it needs to, especially in that first half. Because mm. holy shit. Um, so that one... that. So that's Hikashi. Gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Uh, I went immediately into Sumi... Sumi Horobochi. Yeah. Um, I, 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 the middle syllables I tripped over a lot. <laughs> <trying to learn. laughs> uh, um, and this is probably the arc I was most looking forward to on revisit, uh, on experiencing this story for the first time. Because as I understand it, the it's Renegade. You gotta be excited for Renegade. <laughs> Renegade. <laughs> a Rena arc. And we all love Rena, and we don't really know her deal until this game. Oh boy, she's got a deal. Uh, she's got a big deal in this game. Ooh. So, I think another. I think another good thing about Sumi Oroboshi, in comparison, is that both Mayakashi and Himatsubishi. Mm-hmm. I think that's how you say um, that one. Um, there's not a lot of friend time. No, there's those not. Two arcs. Yeah, like those two arcs in particular are very separated from the club and friends, and very yeah. focused on getting mm. the story there's across. A of, there's a lot of cold, relatively cold sections of those games. Yeah. A lot of times, we're not staring at any character art. Yeah, because <laughs> they're not main characters. <laughs> um, and that I I appreciate that chunk of Higurashi is there, but it it it. it that, Himatsubishi and then Meikashi is the longest stretch where you're going without that warmth. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then Sumiroboshi just douses you. In. It's just, just it's right like a from warm the jump. Up. Feels good. Mm-hmm. Just right away. It's like, oh, I'm home again. <laughs> yep. Oh, thank God. It feels like a return. Mm-hmm. Because uh, this is also Onikakushi's answer arc of sorts. Yeah. Uh, in a very interesting way. Um... But yeah, this this is the arc you spend a bunch of time in Rena's head, which is really nice because, again, she's kind of the mist, a bit of a mystery because she's very ominous in Onigakushi, and then she is sort of the moral core for mm-hmm. uh, Watanagashi and Tatari Garoshi, mm-hmm. uh, and then isn't there in four, and then is mostly not present in five except to creep she on the fuck out. <laughs> There's one part where Shion is like, I'm not going to mess with that Rena girl. She's on a different level from me. I ain't fucking with that girl. I'm done. That That one is so good. Like, Shion has done some stuff at that point, and she's still afraid of Rena. Yeah. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, And once this game gets going, it gets going quick, and it gets going, um, and it covers a lot more ground. I think, like, Mayakashi, this game sort of has two stories tucked into it. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, it flash forwards to what you presume is the end of the story, mm-hmm. and then you catch up with that at the beginning, much like Onikakushi, mm-hmm. except you catch up with that flash forward about halfway in, yeah. and then there's a lot more story after that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, Tatari Arc Three um, <laughs> has a very long build up to a very explosive. Um, finale that then goes for like three more chapters. <laughs> Explosive. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, this game gets you there. It it involves a similar 
arc, mm-hmm. but it gets there much faster, and then it has a lot more story after that. Yeah. Yeah. Which is cool. Oh, it's so cool. Um, and then the explosive the, finale. This and then the explosive finale unreal. is explosive! <laughs> the the first sto- the story of the first half um, ultimately centers around financial abuse. Yeah. Which which kind of gutted me personally. I yeah. Mm, I wondered oh how that was gonna God. land. I wondered how that was gonna land. This is the arc where I was oh. like, both Rhett and John are gonna have weird reactions to this, I think. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, this one hit really strong and also it got to my head i was finally just like okay we're just gonna have like an arc for every kind of abuse let's just go through <laughs> god i didn't even consider that geez we're gonna go with we're gonna this is the domestic we're gonna figure out how this how horrible this is and then we're gonna figure out how horrible this is and then we're oh in the family and oh goodness um and then it's just like oh okay we're gonna cover this kind of thing which I didn't even consider that we could cover in Higarashi and it's the one that's personally gonna hurt you the most <laughs> God, everybody's got one there's uh-huh. something there's an abuse for everybody in Higarashi in the Higarashi <laughs> there's a scene in this one in the back half where Rena has decided to run away and she goes into her dad's lockbox and takes all the money in oh, there oh man and it just makes me so profoundly sad where yeah. she has just totally forgotten how this all started yeah, trying to get yeah. that money. It's a real interesting moment. She doesn't even think about it, though. Yeah. Uh, 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 uh. Um, so this game is very cool because it has two of the most beautiful catharses <laughs> ever. Um, and it has one halfway through, and then another one at the end. Oh man, it's so good! And yep, you can't spoil um, that for the... people. It's so good. Mm-hmm. That 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 one halfway through, including the only CG in the series of the original uh, VNs. Yeah, yeah, like there's only one it CG in the entire ends. series. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's extremely. <laughs> moving yeah it is. Um, it is and it goes in a way that you don't expect based on the preceding arcs mm-hmm. and then there's a whole new kind of darkness <laughs> in the second half um which also feels very real in um in a like contemporary sense mm-hmm. like it's a kind of darkness that it has a large place on the world stage right now oh yeah yeah like the the, the, the mm-hmm. things that are being addressed in the latter half of the the game are super <laughs> super fucking relevant right now. Are you seeing right up? I'm sorry. Yeah, <laughs> that's the joke. That's. I mean, I didn't want to. Okay. Be too too point too fine a point on it. Um, but it's the kind of stuff I'm worried about. I could worry about friend like friends and family falling into God. and just like having that be on my brain. Yeah. Um, as of late. Um, so. It feel it gives you a lot of feelings, man. Um, it gave me a lot of feelings, and um, when I got through the finale of this arc, um, my reaction that I had was, I think this is the most feelings I can feel in response to a story. <laughs> <laughs> I know that quote you did on your twi- Twitter today was just like, wow, like literally most possible feelings from a piece of media or something. Yeah, yeah. This is <laughs> like, the most I, I can I possibly be moved. 
That's your word. I don't think I don't know. I don't know how how you top this because <laughs> like any a story like Sumiro Boshi would hit me really hard in isolation. Mm-hmm. It would hit me really oh, hard yeah. just on my own. The fact that it follows the previous five ten hour games, mm-hmm. um, or twenty hour if you're reading them all <laughs> on stream. <laughs> yep, they're twenty. Uh, um. I, that's that's the most that's the most feelings, y'all. Yeah, it's um, there's a lot of feelings. There, there are two times. There are times in this arc and the next arc where I just was like putting the things down, just like involuntarily, just like guttural noises. Yeah, just uh, <laughs> just, um, just from the soul. Yeah, and like real. Real sobs, not the the meaty sobs, the real the good stuff. Yeah, like just the ugly cry sobs. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think catharsis is like just is sort of one access access you can judge stories on. I think for the three of us, it is a very prominent one. Oh yeah, I think I think all three of us are really about those big feelings and getting big responses to mm-hmm. stories emotionally. Um, and I know that there's people. That's not necessarily what they're after. They yeah. might, there there are lots of other ways to enjoy stories. Mm. Um, but for me in particular, um, yeah, this is the most <laughs> this is the most feelings. Most uh, it's just like it's that, that yeah, it's it's like that Undertale response. It's just that's yeah. most you can get. <clears throat> um, I think you can kind of talk about I, I don't think that makes it perfect or anything I, I think you can talk about pacing oh yeah um, definitely. And make talk about how the story functions and if it needs everything that all the um, repetition that it has um, if that if the arc four and five kind of cold that that long cold spell is um, a lot mm-hmm. um, but like whatever that However, you can come down on any of that. This is, I think, just sort of it's what I want to want out of stories, and it's what I want to put in my stories. Yep. Um. So I really, really love Sumiro Boshi. Yeah, yeah. I really could not be happier there. Two for two on Androarchs. Uh, yeah. Um. Like I, I was still freaking out after Mayakashi, just like holy shit, holy shit, holy <laughs> shit. And I, and I did have a friend say, um. John, you're gonna like the next one even more. And yeah. I was like, I'm not sure I believe you. And then I was like, Well <laughs> Nailed it again. God damn it, Ryukishi. Yep. And then I played through all of Arc Seven in like five days. I started Ooh. the next day. Arc seven. Uh, that's a fun one. It is such such a fun Minakarashi. Um this is the massacre arc. Yep. Um I don't know why it's called that because all uh, it seems to be doing is like we like we keep rolling sixes, dice rolling. Um, yeah. <laughs> um. And yeah, this one pretty much hit me as hard as Sumiroboshi, I think, <laughs> which I didn't expect. I kind of thought, okay, Sumiroboshi is going to be the emotional climax. This is the this is the big feelings one. And now we're going to do two more games to kind of unpack all this plot stuff and kind of wind down. Yeah. Like we're going to, we're going to show the trick that's going on behind the curtain and then 
try to address it. Mm -hmm. Like, I didn't think that they could keep that high going. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Essentially, (laughs) like, obviously this is as much as you can get. Right. How you can't follow that up. No, absolutely Um, not. And then they kind of do. Oops. In a very different way. It's not the same kind of catharsis. Um, but this is the this is the, from Rika's perspective. It's mm-hmm. sort of the Tatari Yoshi um, answer mm-hmm. arc. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think we all I think we all had um, a worry about the pacing of this arc because, like Rhett pointed out, there's a there's a chunk of this arc in the anime that takes like seven episodes. Yeah, they got to take I was I was worried at, at, at how um, this was going to play uh, because I was just like, man, this could be like an entire week of streams, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Uh, and it ends up being, mm-hmm. and it ends up being just like, you know what? That's like three or four streams, but things are still happening. Um, yeah, like like it's not dead air. It's not everybody sitting around and spinning their wheels. It's everybody trying to do something. Uh, but we have to show that this system kind of doesn't work first before we mm-hmm. can give you that moment of, okay, here, you did it. You cannot make, give people an easy catharsis. After Not on this. Part. And Not you can't do it with this. You can't, with, with the, the material that this one has to cover. With the material mm-hmm. this one has to cover. It's just, uh, yeah. I think when we watch the anime, as it was airing, having each episode be like a week apart, so having this drawn out for like over a month, yeah, that's what made it really crazy. Yeah, that, that made like, it hard. Oh, they're they're still working on it. <laughs> God bless them. I'm happy they're doing it, but they're still but this working. Has been five episodes in a row of kind of the same thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. It's like the moment that kind um, of got this- that like the, the catharsis to the to this moment, mm-hmm. like them fi- breaking through this little barrier. Like one of the like the hardest moments that ever hit me on a stream before. It, I it just, I, I no, I've got to stop. I've got to stop. I've got to oh, mute. Oh. <laughs> it got me so hard. I believe it. Uh, and there's um, this, there's this CG that they have that they don't have in the original, and it's so it's such a beautiful mm-hmm. moment, and it just broke me in a way I wasn't ready for. It's it's a lot. Um, it's it's sort of the reverse of Meikashi because it's still a title. It's a it's a small ripple that turns into a tsunami. Yeah. Uh, but sort of going in the other direction. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's com- it's combating these systems in a way yeah. that you didn't before. the The thing with Higurashi is that the thing with time loop stories is that it gives you an opportunity to try all the things that. Um, like when you watch a bad when you watch a horror movie you're asking you're always you're often asking um why don't they just do this why don't they just do this yeah like this is a oh, like, yeah. like the the visual novel choices are being made mm. it's just each one of them is an arc mhm why doesn't this person um hole up in a closet with a gun yeah like that instead of just wandering around in the dark or whatnot like the that's sort of a thing I think that's interesting with stories is when they just you can imagine like the coolest possible shit that they could do mm-hmm. and then they do it yeah uh, I, like for me sort of an, a big example is um, I my, my brain kind of goes to Buffy because um, oh, yeah. it has a lot of 
a lot of turns where it's just like they just go for it in a way that you don't expect from stories often yeah. or in Madoka um, when you get into that time loop and you and you go with Homura Humor, and you're she is trying every possible way forward and she thinks of everything you could think of basically yeah. and the process of through that is very satisfying yeah um so basically when it comes time to be actually challenging fate um they start doing the things you want that you wish for them to do and then when they don't always work um but i think c- confronting oreo for instance Whew, um, man that's like you want that to happen and it kind of happens in Akashi, but not you the are way <laughs> yeah like we approached that You're one way and then it was just like okay we need to switch party members here <laughs> <laughs> you were aching for that to happen for yeah. six arcs well like from basically from wata on yeah like once audio becomes a driving force and you understand that she's kind of like the reason a lot of hinamazawa is the way it is it's just like well why don't we go talk to her she seems reasonable right yeah right she seems reasonable. Uh, exactly um <laughs> It there's a there's a point where Kate Keiichi marches into town hall as as a new song plays, which is always yes! fun. That happens always so good. The music is a lot stronger here because it's uniquely partly because it's uniquely made for Higurashi, and yeah. just there's yeah. some very good moments. Um, where he walks in and says the stuff that you wanted to say, and he says it as well as possible. Oh, and Ren is there to back. Him up. <laughs> it's so good. Uh, and there's a, a big catharsis to that of watching this stuff play out in a way that's very, very earned. Yeah. And it's not the giving you easy answers. It is, we are going to watch this way build for four hours or so. Yeah. Um, and you're going to understand what it means to... To, to really deconstruct a, like, a system that's really unfair. Um to really mm-hmm. come face to face with what's really going on here. Why is this really like this? Yeah. And I think um oh, there's some well the bit. Um I think this is the um a, a lot of the arcs deal with different kinds of mental illness mm-hmm. in addition to everything else. Um like um the stuff that a character goes through in Sumiro Boshi is a is a specific kind of yep um struggle yep and i think you get a lot of that in onikakushi mm-hmm. um and i think in a lot of ways this is sort of the depression arc oh yeah um, like we are living in the head of a depressed person who's kind of um, just fucking through with it <laughs> yeah um and i think they use the time loop device um, in a way to make you feel the depression headspace. Yep. In a way that feels very real to me. Mm-hmm. Um, so again, like no matter what magic you're dealing with, or mystery shenanigans, or plot dominoes are playing out, it's always grounded in something very real. Yeah, that's uh, what keeps this series special. I think. Yep, and that's just kept on going through. Um, it kept on, I, I'm seeing it happen now. I started up, I started up arc eight. Oh, like, you started Matsuri Bayashi already. Oh, oh you know boy. 
Oh gosh! I remember. Yeah. A, I remember having to do a lot of. The, I remember the local, nothing. I remember doing a lot of the localizing on that one, and literally having to stop and cry a few times. It's really hard. Oh, There's some hard shit. Oh boy! But it's good. That's you know? a preview of the streams uh, to come. <laughs> Be prepared to cry. It's called "When They Cry for a Reason." Yeah. <laughs> it's Polly's audience. It's my audience, and occasionally me <laughs> and Polly. No, Polly never cries. She hits the mute button. I hit the mute button. There you go. Um, and I think I, I said this earlier about Mayakashi is that there hits a point where there's a release intention mm-hmm. because things have gotten so bad mm-hmm. that you can just kind of let that you just kind of yeah, let you go. Can let go. Um, and arc six and seven are both very very good at keeping you on the line. Yeah, in a way that. I I don't think you feel so much from the other ones. I think that in arc six and seven, um, when you're in a time loop story, this is sort of the strength and failing of time loops is that they can't really have the same stakes as normal stories. And this story directly Um, confronts that. Yes. It uses it. It, it doesn't mean that you can't have stakes. It means that you have to come at it from another angle. Yep. And this story does that in a very good way where you are completely invested. Arc 7, you are completely invested Mm -hmm. through the end of the game. Um, And that's really powerful, I think. Um, There's a specific moment where a character is in distress and is in real danger um, a little ways before the end Mm -hmm. of Arc 7. And I was just feeling it in my core. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, this is, I, I was, I did not remember the ending of this one at all. Mm-hmm. I did not know the nature of the, how this game ended versus the, um, and what arc eight even was. It's so um, good. John, so John, I, John, it it's so very, good. <laughs> Okay, but so the, hit me the stream viewers have not gotten there yet. Yeah, well, the stream viewers are not there yet. I don't, I'm being careful. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I'm talking, so... Um, and it's kind of funny, because I started, I finished Arc 6 and thought, well, obviously that was the emotional climax, <laughs> and now we're going to play out the logic for a while. Yeah. And then I got through Arc 7, I was like, well... <laughs> Nope, I'm still feeling things. Obviously, <laughs> this is the emotional climax, and now we're going to just let this play out for a while. And then I started Arc 8, and it's like, once again, the thing that I took to be something very simple is turning out to be a lot more complicated. Um, and, yeah, this is just shaping up to be one of my favorite stories ever, oh. easily. So. Yeah, I figured that that was worth talking uh-huh. about. Given that you invested, Woo! you just put two weeks in it. How do you not talk about it? Like, yeah, like fifty hours. <laughs> yeah, so two weekends in a row, you were just like, "Guess what I'm doing? Guess what I'm doing?" All right, cool. Yep, cool. That's it for me. Right, <laughs> I am Higurashiing. I'm I'm, I'm going to finish the game. Then I'll start him an echo, probably. Oh my oh, god! Oh man, that's a joke. Okay. <laughs> I need to play a fucking Falcom. Yeah, I need to. Yeah. When does season nine come out? Is that still February. next year? Next... It's February. Oh, okay. so. I've heard it's not as good as eight. Man, fuck reset era. Get that shit off my pot. <laughs> I am going to scream next time I see How the fuck? How the fuck does that 
ridiculously stupid website keep allowing the same topic to come up, but they're like very loud and clear about not allowing a bunch of other things, but like we can have this same discourse about how East 8 sucks every other week. I made a joke about it being every week and then it actually fucking And then it happened. fucking happened! Uh, Anyways. Very funny. I did some stuff. What else did you do, Rhett? Uh, anime! I was about anime to say, is back! I was about to say, if this boy tells me he watched anime, I'm gonna fucking... <laughs> Why? I don't know. What'd you do? What'd you watch? I'm watching a show called Higurashi. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you guys are familiar with this <laughs> series. <laughs> Uh, Cat's having a bag on this one. Yeah, the new it's a 2020 show, Higurashi, When They Cry, new. It's a remake of the 2006 show, some old shit. Yeah. Yeah. It's only a couple... Of, so basically, I'm just watching this week to week to see what happens. Yeah, like, I, I'm, I'm with you on this one. It's just kind of like, yeah. well, you're... Okay, this is weird. <laughs> it's an... It's, yeah. Whatever. It's in a spoiler paradox zone where you yeah, just like, say... Yeah, like, I don't know how you talk about this or if you... Or, or like... Because, I mean, fucking... Funimation has already spoiled, like, a certain character already Oops. being here. Yeah. Like... The stream... The timing with the stream, unreal. You, yeah. you were just in Under the Wire. Yeah, like, they, they were, like, th two or three days after we reached that point in the story. Like, Funimation's like, yo, here's this thing! And I'm like, wow, we just real, we really <laughs> skirted that shit. It's like how when Final Fantasy VII was getting a remake, <laughs> they were, like, people started talking about, hey, you should, probably should stop talking about the thing that happens in that game, like, it's an open spoiler. Yeah. And then <laughs> this is the exact opposite, where <laughs> they just immediately start... <laughs> posting and then putting in the show things from way later than they should be yeah it's oh man this fucking show so we're three episodes in i don't really know what to think yet yeah i'm curious it makes a, it makes a big old argument for itself coming out with the first two episodes and then the third episode was kind of eh. third third, the third episode was... asks some interesting questions and does some interesting things but i'm still kind of eh. And also has like extensive air conditioned car scenes. Yes, we love it. We've got to go over that a fucking again. <laughs> hey, Keiji, domo domo. domo. Have you heard about this curse? Domo. Just going over that again is just like, oh my god. I love that he always emphasizes the air conditioning. Like it's the best thing. It's hot. It's June. It's hot. Exactly. I think it helps characterize Oishi as being kind of out of place in Hinamizawa. Yeah, yeah, like he's not. Yeah, he's a city boy. He, yeah, he needs he needs his air conditioning. Mm -hmm. He needs his he needs his Nintendo. <laughs> <laughs> what games does Oishi play? What would he play? City Connection. The thing is, our joke is that is that Oreo is the one that plays uh, Famicom games, and that like she plays Gyromite, but she doesn't like rob <laughs> the robot, so she makes Meon play as. <laughs> it's such a good image, and you can actually see it. Her sitting there, just a big scowl on her face the whole time. <laughs> Me on there pressing A and B to move the platforms for her because she doesn't like the robot because the robot's like, I don't like this stupid thing. It's technology. <laughs> oh, that would be so special. 
for me on if he screwed up and killed Oreo. <laughs> yeah, like it's like you're done. You're going to murder basement. <laughs> you were supposed to hit the red platform. Red platform, you stupid bitch. Uh, so I'm watching Higurashi week to week. I'm watching yeah. another show week to week. What are you? Love watching? Live is back. Oh, good. It's just the whole throwback season. All these shows you remember from the past are coming back. There's a new Love Live. I like it so far. It's very cute. Hmm. The game has adapted the protagonist of the new mobile game uh-huh. who doesn't have an image. So they've just made her a cute girl. And she's like oh, super flirty with... She's like flirting with everybody. Of course. So it's like... Oh my God. It's the best possible way for the show to go to just become an actual harem now. <laughs> That's very funny that they have like generic harem boy for the game. And then they're like, well, we need to put put them in the show we obviously can't put in a boy so i don't Kevin think Aaron Pertag. i don't think they said it, ever said it was a boy in the game just everyone called them good and, right. and then her name in the show is you yo <laughs> is it you so, or yo i think in see in how's Love it Life spelled sunshine, how's it spelled in, in sunshine there was a character y-o-u, Y-O-U that's yo so in season three it's y-u oh okay that's you then. so oh, well, no they they they're really just going with the they're re- d- making the dumb joke like like kind of d- like the main hero's yeah. name hey, Lunar Two is Hero. Hey Polly. Oh my god. Yeah, that's yeah. a funny joke. They're, so they're, her name is You because she's based that's on the Anna, yeah. the Anata character in the game. Uh... <laughs> nope, it's a funny joke. No, it's not. Outvoted. Oh no. Super funny joke. As funny as a good. Okay. Poly so... tweet. That's it. I just wanted to bring it's up way, I am way funnier than Love Live. I think I am at least 20% funnier than Love Live. Probably. Put that on Bye. the back of my box. Wait, Rat, you know, there's more Love Live you can talk about. It's only been three episodes. Oh, okay. It's fine. But, okay, the, the volume of, screen, of good screen caps, I figured there's more than that. Sorry, I have to yell at chat. Polly just... <laughs> I have to fucking disagree! <laughs> oh, okay. Two. I thought you were talking about... I thought you were talking about me. <laughs> you were talking about me. Polly agrees. Oh. That Love Live is funny. I thought it was a one for Polly is funny. John, I'll remove you from this podcast I thought. Forever. I thought the question was, was say one if Polly is funny. That's what I thought! That's it. No more podcasts. Rhett, you ruined it. Oh, it's over. Okay. Everybody's fired. Even chat. If you're a chatter, you're fired. Everyone's like, shit. <laughs> Fuck. What am I doing on Sundays now? Right. I'm not going to watch Love Live, but you can afford me Love Live content. Oh, my. This. There's this other shows I'd want you to watch before Love Live. Like, basically. I'm not, go- I'm not going to. Like, literally anything I'm working for Love Live. <laughs> Don't worry. There is no danger. I, I just want to. I just want to parasitically enjoy your fandom. <laughs> I'm happy it's back because that is an enjoyable way. I think that's an enjoyable way to experience shows. Oh, actually, no. Rat. no, 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 no. Just I know where you're going with that. I'm carrying vicariously through Rat. What else did you do, Rat? There you go. Uh, I played a shitload of Splunky Two yesterday. That video game. It makes me mad. You know what? That game makes me yeah. mad. That game makes me mad as well. Uh, I don't think I like it as much as Spelunky One. No, see, here's the thing. I don't either. Definitely. Okay. Because okay. I, I, I was just like, I'm just not feeling this. 
And I've put like 25 or so hours in it. And I'm just mm. like, I, nah, this ain't it. I just don't like, I don't like the music. I don't like the, the look. Music, I don't like the music. The, yeah. The levels are mostly, downgrade. the levels are too busy. I think most of the time. It's very dense, especially pre-nerf area yeah, one was yeah. fucking ridiculous. It's better now. Yeah. I think some of the areas like uh, 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 the water one or like they're just like too fucking visually busy and I can't see what's going on. The water the water one is weird where like those pillars that you have to climb are like Yeah, it's like wh- Yeah, I don't read. They don't read well. Like no. one time I I started a level and like cuz the walls are red and the pillars are red yeah. and I'm like I thought I didn't see a way out without bombing. I'm like, "Oh, there's a pillar right there, you dummy." Yeah. But like at a glance I thought I was actually just stuck and I'm like, "What the fuck happened here?" Yeah, it's it's I do really like the lava area. The lava area is good. Even though it fucks you the most because of the fucking lava bullshit. <laughs> it's great when like like those are like funny spelunky moments though. Like yeah. the way that you can fuck up and like, oh well, I just drained lava onto the exit. Go me I had a level that just <laughs> there was an explosion right when I entered it because something, you know, yep. collided with another enemy. So I could just get to the exit and there's just lava on top of it, and I'm just like, okay. <laughs> Fantastic. The secret path thing in that level is there's a huge drill in like yeah. two, three, or four, and people keep complaining that the drill always hits lava <laughs> and just drops a shitload of lava into like the secret path you need to it's go down. So funny. But it's funny every yeah, time. Like I've I've never felt chuffed about that. Like it's just like, yeah, okay. Yeah, like that's what you're playing with you're literally playing with fire here. Yeah. So what'd you but do with Spelunky? Uh, I tried to go very fast because I think realized the issue with that game that makes me the most mad is when you spend like 20 to 30 minutes on a run and then die in a really dumb way. Yep. So I thought, I'm just going to go for the speed achievement, which yeah. is beating the game in 10 minutes. Ooh. So if I die, I've only wasted a few minutes. You just start a speed run over. You press and reset. No biggie. I was instant resetting all day. Oh, yeah. So yeah. I still spend a lot of most of the time on Area 1 because Area 1 is still a motherfucker even though it's easier now. Yeah. But a lot of... The run is basically steal something from the shopkeeper in the second level or 1-2 mm-hmm. and then do whatever you can to not injure him to on 1-3 Yeah. and then you'll be forgiven on 1-4 and yep. that's really important. Yep. Because you need a gun for the last boss. <laughs> yeah! I, it, I've not seen any way to not do that. Uh, without a gun. Yeah. It feels kind of so, bummy. I don't like the last boss. I, yeah. It's, it's really bad. But yeah, so like last night I finally... So I got... Have you... So you have gotten to the last boss? Yes. Okay. So I died on like... Whatever, like 6-2 mm-hmm. twice at like oh, 8 minutes into the run. God. I was just like, oh god... It was the dumbest thing, too, because there's just blocks that move up and down in that mm-hmm. level. And I was just, like, hanging out in one of those, and I was, like, fine. And then I hung off of it and it just got slammed into a ceiling yep. and died instantly. I was just like, yep. oh, come on, that's how that's how you do me, game? <laughs> like, yep. So then I get to, like, 6-3 with a gun. I'm like, okay, this is the run. And then I get hit, fall to the ground. Shit. And I'm like, I land in front of the final boss door, and I'm like, okay, okay. We still might be good. And then I don't have the gun. I have to go back up a floor to get the gun. But then I get to the last boss and just put a bomb bomb on on top of the platform in front of her. And then throw a rope and then shoot for like 30 seconds. Oh, I win. There you go. 
Yeah. And so I beat the game in eight minutes, two seconds. So very nice. funny that they raised it from in Spunky One. The timer was eight minutes. Yeah, but you only had to dec- complete four areas in Spelunky. Yeah. But it's just like so. It, so like I know people have been doing like six minute runs and stuff. Oh yeah, like, so like they're... you can definitely go very fast. Like the ice caves, if you have certain items, extremely fucking short this time. Well, the ice caves are always like that. If you have like a rocket pack or something, just yeah. you're done. Or just you're out. Well, because there, there's that middle section mm-hmm. that you can just skip if you have oh, a yeah, cave. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you yeah. just glide back to the bottom. It's really quick. Yep. Like that's one of the things that kind of drives me nuts in this game is like the set areas like that that are basically the same every time. I don't like that at all. I it it's just. Re- yeah, like every time you get to one four, it's always the rolly guy, and it's like one four is always the same. The ice caves middle part is always yeah, the same. I don't like that at all. All mech is always the same. Those like are things this... that I feel should always have just like there should have been variations or they should yeah. have been randomizers or something because it just doesn't like when you start making something concrete and happen every time. Like the magic yeah. of Spelunky kind of starts going away because Spelunky's whole idea is, hey, it's random. What's gonna yeah. happen? What am I gonna get? And then you always know what you're getting in one four. Yeah, it's really weird. So like the patch updated one four a little bit to have a couple more variations. Like there's not always the huge spike pick now, mm-hmm. but it's still the same. Yeah, it's basic still the same shape. basic shape and idea. Um, yeah, the one people that that people really hate in this one is the Olmec fight because it's it's so slow. If you're trying to do the whole thing, yeah, and actually defeat Olmec. It takes fucking forever. It's, man, It's just like, oh, do you just stand up here for five minutes and wait for him to destroy the level? Like, or if you have, like, a bomb, if you have, like, if you have enough sticky bombs, you can make that a little faster. If you have a gun, you can shoot uh, the bottom part out, make it faster. But it's just, like, it's so slow and obnoxious. But then there's a phase after that. Yeah. So you can just wait for phase two to blow up everything. Yeah. And then so when you defeat phase two, it just automatically falls all the way down. Yeah. yeah. So it's like, it's kind of poorly designed. It, yeah. Like it, it, like when I first got there, it was just like, oh, interesting. Like Olmec. But then it's just like, I'm, I never want to see that again. Because yeah. you're going to see it like five to six minutes into every fucking run. Mm-hmm. And it's just so. So the real issue, one of the biggest issues I have with the game is to get any of the secret path stuff, you have to do the full Olmec fight. Yeah. So it's just having part of it be wait for three to four minutes. It's so do, bad. It's just absolutely baffling. Yeah. So that's why I was doing speed runs because I was just like, because that's yeah, way better. Because it's just way more fun. It's the comedy in that game is allowed to shine when you're not putting as much investment into each individual run. Yeah. Like having so many runs die to like falling in lava and shit and just being able to laugh it off. Cause I was only like three minutes in. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's no big deal. And just all the dumb ways I died to a shopkeeper. Like <laughs> I picked up a shield and it crushed an item into the wall and he just goes thief. Cause I destroyed something <laughs> and just shoots me immediately. I'm just like, Oh my God. <laughs> I liked uh, f- finding out that you could bonk the dice on your head and kill yourself, or you could throw them out and you'd get, uh, like, they would get thrown out because they can bounce too far. Yeah. <laughs> I so saw weird. an amazing video. So, in the last patch, they do a th- they had a note that was like, reduce to the force that the dice force will was, bounce yeah. off of the barrier. <laughs> so, I see somebody has a video where they had the pitcher's mitt 
Oh, they throw yeah. a dice into the thing, and the pitcher's mitt makes you throw in a straight line. Yep. So these dice very slowly <laughs> go in a straight line <laughs> off the barrier and out the door, <laughs> and the shopkeeper shoots them dead. So good. But the fact that it's like two slow seconds of them being in the air until they exit yeah. and trigger the shopkeeper is just like, this is dumb. This is incredibly dumb. <laughs> With Spelunky is allowed to just be Spelunky, it's real yeah. good. But this and game, so many more this game doesn't allow that a lot. It's really weird. It's the not bad. Thing, like, I'm not. It's it, not a bad game. No, it, it's definitely the, not. It's the like the fundamentals of of good Spelunky are there. It's just the things that it generates. One yeah. aren't different enough. Two, it's it's just way too dense. And um and 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 like the 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 preset bullshit like that you're always yeah. going to see like I don't like that. For me, it's mostly the preset bullshit, yeah. especially the Olmec fight, because like realizing fight. like oh you have to get the unk every time. Oh, it takes like ten minutes. Fuck. Yeah. Because then because then when you lose on a run after that, you're pissed. Yeah, you absolutely are. Because like I died on like three two right before getting the sword, mm -hmm. and I was just like. Like, it's so much easier to just, like, when you die in, in Spelunky 2, it's so much easier to just say, like, fuck it, I'm done. <laughs> uh, yeah. Whereas with, with Spelunky 1, like, I had a pretty high anger ceiling with that game. Like, I could get, <laughs> like, like, I could sit there and play that game for two and three hours and still be having a yeah. good time, even though, like, because, like, and a lot of it has to do with the fact that the mines is a good cool off. Um, yeah. Whereas you don't get that in this when you start a game over in this one, it's right back to World One, which is kind of full of bullshit. World One was like honestly the hardest one before the patch, and now they're just kind of all even, I think. Yeah. Except for Temple, Temple is still fucked. I don't go that way. Though. Temple is just outright fucking. It, yeah, it's, whew, it's heinous. I practiced that one just using the shortcut, and then when I found out it went to Ice Caves, I was just like, okay, never going never back going there, again. there again. Yep. I like the, so, uh, yeah. the 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 entrance uh, to hell in this one too. They worked hell in there a really fun way. I think that's good. Hmm. I'm not sure what you. I know what you're talking about. Interesting. Oh, you've not oh, seen do hell. You mean, do you mean the from the drill? Yeah. Okay. Like yeah. I think that's an interesting and fun way to get there. And I think yeah, that but... like the like it being like this smaller area and then you exit out into another area is just really fun. Yeah. But that's another thing where that that area. Is like a preset thing, so it gets. Yeah, it is. You're not wrong. So like, that's the thing. All like the cool moments that could be extra levels are preset, and it's just they become repetitious and yeah. then then kind of boring. Yeah. Like that one especially because then there's the guy that will immediately kill the boss for you. Yeah. <laughs> like you just go to the top and then go back down. It's just like okay, like it it feels like just kind of a time punishment, and then having to do all like right after. Mm. So like you're invested in that run, and then when you die, you just kind of get mad. Yeah. I did have a real good moment though where I jumped in front of the arrow that that guy shoots instead of killing Dracula he killed me hmm. it's a game it's fucking it's Spelunky a game. it's Spelunky yeah, so, you got Spelunky yeah so I jumped so I did you know two or three hours of speed runs and didn't quite get there took a break came back and got it so nice. it felt good nice that's always good. Like I got, uh, I actually yeah. did the Speedlunky uh, achievement in Spelunky One, like the night yeah. before Spelunky Two came out. 
So, like, that felt really yeah. good to oh, finally oh. nail that one. Yeah. Because, especially, I think the first one still actually feels like a tighter time loop because oh, it is yeah. more. It is. It's still pretty it, tight. Yeah. For Splunky 2, I think, because you can, it's really that ice case. It's like, if you just blitz through there, yeah, if like, you can skip it's a the middle pretty portion, short game. You're good. One one four in this is pretty funny too because actually you can actually just skip a lot of it with bombs. Yep. Like you don't have to do the boss. You can just bomb through the floor. Yeah. And then you can bomb through the floor again to avoid going through the cave. Yeah. Yeah. And then, again, that's not really splunky though, because you're just learning tricks in a preset level. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, like it's a it's a strategy that always works because the level structure and shape generally don't change much. Yeah. Yeah, I like that game, but it's not going to be like my game of the year because there's just yeah, too much like, that uh, kind of bugs me about it. Yeah, I just, I just think that it feels like they were really playing more toward like the people that play oh. this game every day. Uh, they stream it. Like this game is a game that was built for them and almost entirely yeah. them in mind. It feels very much geared towards, especially the way World One was tuned at launch. Oh yeah, like, like they just definitely like... wanted to catch people off guard. Like, oh, oh look at you now, you're playing Splunky again, but it's way harder. Definitely that Dark Souls two of like leaning into the difficulty uh, in the wrong way. God, you will lose all of your souls. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, never again. I literally wanted to install the game the moment I saw that cutscene. So Splunky two so having funny. like six arrow traps per screen was just like okay, guys. Yeah, come on, guys. Little medic. Yeah, I just. It's weird how most of the levels in that game are just kind of remixes of. Splunky one. Yeah, levels. like it's just like, and like for it being on the moon, they don't get a lot of use out of that idea. They get like literally none. None. And it's just like, on the moon? Like, I thought that that was going to be the cool fucking thing is that they would find cool ways to work in. Oh, you're on the moon. That's a cool idea. But it's just like, these are all the original levels. <laughs> this re-skinned. is literally the first time I've heard this. These are all the levels reskinned. Yeah. Remixed. Really. Like, I don't know. Like, why would you just do the same thing again like this? I don't... This game baffles me, honestly. <laughs> it's it's weird. It, it, the game feel feel real good, though. Yeah, it's still got like, that Spelunky game feel. Absolutely. Yeah. Problem is, yeah, even that's kind of, you know, the same from the original. I just haven't played the original as much recently. Give me the original still... whip hitbox back, please. And when you shoot the shotgun, it pushes you back. Yeah, it does. <laughs> I've died a many a time when it's like you're jumping over a lava. When you shoot yep. shotgun on the face, yep. it, it puts you back. There, it John got back. the reference. Oh my god! <laughs> but there are moments where, like, I'm jumping over a lava pit and you have to keep moving because there's those little platforms that fall and there's a bat and it's just like, well, <laughs> if I shoot the bat, I'm gonna get pushed um, back and fall into the lava. Yep. So you have to be real fucking careful. <laughs> okay. That's what everything a, I got. Yeah. All right. I played a video game. Oh, boy. Are we ready for this? Yeah. Man, I played the video game. I played the... a video I played a video game that's going to be probably one of the hardest video games to try and talk around that we've ever had to do on a podcast <laughs> because I don't know how you talk about this game and not end up spoiling something. Mm. It's really hard, but me and Rhett, we are going to do our absolute best. And, John, if you got questions, feel free to jump in and ask because, man... All right. I, I don't have notes on how I can talk about uh-huh. this. I've just got to freewheel it and Rhett, jump in whenever. We are talking about the newest Vanillaware creation, and I think uh, 
probably going to be one of those games I feel that has a strong sh- end of the year showing, at least uh, around these parts. Oh, definitely. Yeah, <laughs> I, I thought about the idea of Giant Bomb putting this on their lists, and I'm just like, they're not going to mention it. Nobody once. at Giant Bomb knows what this game is. It has an anime character on it, so they, they're, pre, they're predisposed to saying that it's porn. So, uh, <laughs> that's that. Uh, I'm, of course, talking about 13 Sentinels, Aegis Rim. I'm talking about... It's thir- hurt cause it, it hurts because it's true that Giant Bomb would do say that. Yeah, it. I mean, because we've literally heard them equate all visual novels to porn, so... When they were when they were trying to when they were debating Dream Daddy when they were debating Dream Daddy uh, for their game of the year like the whole thing I was like and this makes visual novels palatable because visual novels are just porn oh god they're just like well you know I I real that that was kind of the moment that I realized like the finality of yeah I'm really out of touch with this website at this point talking about 13 sentinels aegis rim the new vanillaware uh game it's uh oh boy it's genres it's it's oh boy okay. it's sci-fi genre this is a sci-fi game um it takes place in 1985 so it's taking a lot of those sci-fi tropes from that era you're gonna get a lot of anime references uh macross gundam megazone 23 I mean, they call the enemies kaiju They're, the entire the game. enemies are called kaiju. This is leaning heavily into that giant monster trope yeah. uh, and, and that genre. Um, you, you, you are 13 uh, sentinel pilots, which sentinels are basically Gundams, Avas, whatever. <laughs> yeah. They're, you know... Um, they're giant robots, and giant robots are fucking cool. They're giant robots that are me. cool and fucking punch things. Um, and that's, or shoot, and they shoot, shoot lots missiles. and lots of missiles at them. Um, and, uh, this game really leans into that in a way that it feels like, it, in a lot of ways, it feels like it's a product of that time. Like, uh, the way that things kind of get presented, the way the characters kind of talk about the, 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 the world around them and, and, and the way that, um, a lot of the sci-fi elements of this of this game's story kind of play out. They're very they're presented in a very like I could literally see this in a sci-fi anime or 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 mm-hmm. an '80s sci-fi flick um, with just the kind of way that it embraces the totality of everything that is that little bubble of sci-fi yeah. from that point in time. Um, I mean, they even specifically mention a few series like they talk about et they talk about et they talk about terminator they talk about war of the worlds um it's it's very steeped in all this stuff and it doesn't feel like it's coming from like oh we just needed this to make our game work thing it's a it's a very um i really like this shit and i wanted to make a game about it thing uh, there's a yeah, lot of ex- it feels very natural when it comes up oh like yeah like it, it, not... it's not just shoving it down your throat uh it, it's it, not haha reference it's oh, no. you know, part of the story no like there's nothing about this game that is haha reference yeah. um so what you get is kind of like it, it's an adventure game kind of i guess yeah it, it, yeah it, it's an adventure game slash kind of visual novel deal where um you, you walk around as a character God, this game is so complex. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Hold on. There are three. There, there are three things you select from, and this is the weird fucking part of this game that it's it makes it sound weirder than it is. You've got remembrance, which is story. That's one mode. 
You've got destruction, which is where they put all of the combat in the game. So the combat is not interwoven with the story directly. And then you've got analysis, which is where they put all the glossary and the mystery files and everything that you're going to need to go look at later because you you probably (laughs) don't remember the scenes or the terms. It is so extensive and so frequently updated when you learn something new. Like it is a genuinely a third pillar. You need it. Game. You I need, spent a lot of time in there. You need to spend a lot of time. Like I know that we like like Xenosaga and, and Final Fantasy thirteen get made fun of a lot for having databases for their terms and stuff and, and events that happen. This is a game that kind of really needs it because guess what? It's a time travel story as well. <laughs> with thirteen characters and flowcharts. With, with thirteen fucking characters. <laughs> That it, and it sounds a lot more intimidating than it is. Yeah. Um, I was extremely intimidated when I first started. Cause, so there is a prologue where you play like one segment as a character and then get one quick tutorial battle. Mm-hmm. And you do that seven times. Yeah. So like by the time you're done the prologue, you've already played as seven characters. Yeah. And I, and like because these stories keep spiraling off in, into different directions, I'm already like, what the fuck is going on? This is a game that leans real heavy into keeping the player disoriented for most of its runtime. Yeah. Um, and it does so... And the way that it keeps itself from being annoying with that is that the characters are really warm and genuine. Uh, they're, they're really... Um, I'm not going to say that they're not anime tropes because there are, mm-hmm. there are anime archetypes at play here. But this is not a game that leans into them in the way that it could have probably easily done and been a much worse showing if it had. Uh, Instead, you have characters dealing with real inner conflicts and, 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 um, and the ways that they weave in and out of the story and how they're processing the information that's gradually kind of unfolding as their lives start getting kind of pulled out of control by just like oh why are there giant robots now why do i have one <laughs> why am i why am i a mech pilot what's going on here um and the way they play with all that is 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 really good so the way you kind of work your way through the narrative is that you play you, you just pick a character don't worry about it there's no optimal way to do this don't yeah. let don't let the fact that like you start out with seven characters to play with be like oh man if I play it this way then I'll miss out on you can't miss anything in this game, so that's a good thing. Um, so you play through a portion of a character's story and it just kind of like happens in these little ten to twenty minute episodes and then you'll get it to be continued and then you'll get a list of things that got updated and thrown back to the character select screen and you just keep doing that you get locked at various points in the way kind of like a like a zero escape game in a way where they mm-hmm. they lock you yeah, out yeah. of certain paths right um, it is it definitely reminded me of VLR where it's like if a character is going to have a big revelation mm-hmm. like you're probably going to you're they're going to make you see another scene as a different character to kind of con- give you context for that first yeah and, and, and they work all and and all that stuff feels natural like the way that like when you get locked out it never feels arbitrary um, like, it's never just like, oh, like, we locked you out of here just because video game. It's like, no, like, for the story to kind of, like, everything about this story yeah. is very well considered. Uh, they know when they want to give you the info they want to give you, and then they lock you out of it to either give you a breather or to, or to point you another direction, because that's going to make what comes next make way more sense. Yeah. 
And even then, it is incredibly generous with what you can learn early or late in the game. Oh my like, god. Like, you... there were parts that, that I did, <laughs> like, way later than Polly did, and I yeah. was just like... Or parts one part that I did way earlier than she did. Yeah. Like, talking, like, 30% of the game, roughly, because yeah. they update exactly how much you've read mm-hmm. constantly. So, like, there are locks, and they there's definitely some points where they definitely try to... Sh- especially towards the end, obviously shuttle you down like a specific path but when it's very open yeah like like you no two people will play this game the same yeah like it's very vlr in that like there are a lot of paths they all intertwine with one another um and 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 in general like like i said like it's easy to kind of like sit down and tear through a bunch of character episodes at once and then like you get a lock you move on to another Mm -hmm. and that's kind of the way the whole story plays out and it's 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 like again, it's disorienting at first, um, mm-hmm. and these are the like and but but the but the big point is that like every single fucking scene ends on something big or something really ominous, so it yeah. keeps you wanting to play because <laughs> they've made every fucking scene aggravatingly a fucking hook, um, <laughs> but it's very good, um, yeah, oh, it's very good. Like you, you will lose. Four hours and not realize it. <laughs> so, um, needless to say, like the stories, like, I can't talk about it. Yeah, like, I can't Can give I... you specifics. Do uh, you want my metaphor that I was thinking about how it plays out for me? Mm-hmm. Basically, the way here's how I see it is that, say you have a table and you have a puzzle, like a jigsaw puzzle, mm-hmm. and you don't know what the puzzle is going to look like when you're done but you do know where every piece goes. Yeah. So picking from the characters is just taking one piece out of the box and is putting it on the table in the actual correct place that it goes. Mm-hmm. And at the very start, it just feels like you're just putting them down randomly and you don't see how anything is connected. Yep. And then you, and then you get two that are next to each other and you still go, Oh, yep. And then okay. it starts becoming much easier to trace it back and be like, okay, this goes here and this yeah. goes here. And again, there's, an exhaustive encyclopedia in this game yeah. that, uh, there, that keeps track of yeah. every event, every main, every major term, every character. That if yeah. you, at any point you are lost, you can just go look at the all events and fi- find out exactly <laughs> where in the story that 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 point that that yeah. takes place, and it'll tell you. And you can even yeah. jump back and watch it. I know it's so extensive. Like the fact that you can be in a scene, you can be in a scene playing the game. Open up the the glossary yep. and view another scene, and it'll be like. And then when you're done, you'll go right you'll go back to right where you are. Right back to the other scene. Like, like it's... that's crazy. Like this game, because when you save, it just like frame grabs, and like when you load a yep. save, it just drops you right on the frame you were at. Yeah. Like it's it feels like like they're running off an SSD or something. Yeah, it's because it's, it's or like an emulator because it's just grabbing the exact frame position you're we're at. Yeah, like it's very smartly put together. Yeah. Um, Sort of the way that I would describe the story overall and how it plays out mm. and how we ended up feeling in the end is I know that yeah. John came away from Zero Escape a little cold, um, if I'm remembering right. Yeah, and, and, just and, a little bit. And I really and, like I really like VLR. Yeah, like I like the, the like, and I agree with you, isn't it? I think that like Zero Escape is not really about the characters so much as it is about the machinations of its world and the cool twists and turns that they play with it. There are still good moments, don't get me wrong, but it's more about like, oh man, they did the crazy thing with the the timeline and like, that's that's awesome. 
Mm-hmm. Um, Aegis Rim, uh, 13 Sentinels, is more... It, it's a lot more warm. Um, and mm-hmm. I think that it commits way harder to the rules of its world um, in a way that makes them feel like they're just a part of the background. Like, you don't get bogged down in a lot of pseudoscience in this game, despite the mm-hmm. fact that you do get a lot of those kind of same conversations. <laughs> yeah. A lot of it is like... You're dealing with emotional teenagers that are dealing with a big thing happening and they're, like, maybe not reacting in the best possible ways or or, or things like that. So you get a real human element to this game. Um, And and I'm not saying it to sound like the insult that it is, that that it sounds like, but it's like, to, to, to people who were put off by Zero Escape and how cold that it can be, this is Zero Escape done right. Uh, mm. If you need that warmth cool. uh, and that human element in the story that kind of makes yeah. it feel more alive and like you can actually like, like with 13 characters, it's easy to kind of reach in and pull some of those to you and be like, these are my babies. This is where I connect with this story. <laughs> no. um, I, I pretty much like it. Seems like, um, yeah. It seems like between this and I last year, mm-hmm. um, it feels like that sort of that zero escape torch is being carried in a really cool way. Yeah. Yeah. Since yeah. a lot of what y'all are saying does kind of remind me of that. That's kind of my touchstone. Yeah. This is um, got a lot of the similar kind of feelings. Like this is very, it's kind of written in a similar way where it's like, it's obviously telling a serious story, but there are moments of levity where you kind of get these characters just being dorks with each other. And it's really cute. <laughs> um, yeah. Like there's a lot of great interactions that these characters all have, wonderful chemistry with one another um it's like the, the the relationships and 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 the way the way the dynamics play out with everybody it just feels so so good so that's the story cool. stuff and, and and like and we're kind of breaking this up in the same way yeah. that the game does so um moving on to uh from the from the story we we talk about the combat the combat when it's really I, funny that i didn't see any of the combat for like I didn't see any combat on on I, all of the posts for like two weeks. I had and then no I did, idea. And I was like, "What is this?" I had no idea what this combat was until I was actually sitting in front of it. Like, yeah. I had only heard that like it's weird and it's presented in a way that is completely out of step with the actual adventure mode stuff, and that's all I'd heard. So, you know what they did? They found a way to make tower defense fun. They did it, y'all. That's so wild. It's wild. <laughs> I started out kind of eh on this combat, honestly. Um, mm-hmm. Because basically, mm-hmm. it, it really is just tower defense. You get six units per map. Um, you get a bunch of moves for your cool robots. Um, you move around the map. Like, it's, it's real-time strategy until it's not real-time strategy. So things happen in real time. Yeah. But when you get a turn, action stops, and then you choose yeah. what to do. Uh, when that can be like a move, yeah. or you can like do do an attack something like that and it's just like set turrets they fun yeah. things like that it's it's pretty much atb yeah basically yeah because yeah. like you get to think about your moves and then each move will have like a six second cooldown or something yeah like everything in the combat happens really fast like you're finishing missions in like 30 seconds of real time but a lot of that is spent like or none of that time is actually spent like menuing yeah, yeah, like like you you typically have two minutes to finish each map, and then the map ends, and you win anyway. That's the other, yeah. 
So the timer is a good thing. Yeah, the timer is a good thing. So if you suck and you just run out the timer, you win anyway because the terminal yeah. activates and just kills everything. Um, yeah. But you have to defend the terminal. That's sort of the key here. Mm -hmm. and, and you obviously, you the better you perform, the more money and stuff you're going to get to upgrade your your robots and stuff. So that's fun. And it's just like, hey, they like they made they somehow. I, I, and it's just it's just the spectacle of it all. Like this is combat that like again you look at the presentation and you look at what's actually yeah. in the game. Like the, the the actual art in the adventure mode is just like this game's beautiful top to bottom. <laughs> With that stuff, like the character art is gorgeous. The backgrounds, I want to eat them. <laughs> the food you want to eat I want to eat the food but that's the case with every vanillaware game is that they always sure. have good food like like, <laughs> like 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 George Kamitani has always been like I like uh, I, I like food in my games because I believe people are happiest and most together when they're eating food. So that's why food Aww. is always a big thing in vanillaware games. Aww. I think that, that, that really was, explains probably go with John there. I was like relatable. <laughs> that's your John hook. <laughs> Yep, it's good food. Yep, um, but uh, yeah, like they just took this th th this really fun, very fast, brisk take on uh, tower defense. Yeah, and made it really fun. And it's just like it, it, the, the way they present it is is it looks like kind of like a simulation, like you're in a command room or something. Like it's not mm. the conceit of it. Yeah, that's not the conceit of it at all. Like you are dealing with what's going on. Like you're controlling the units directly. You're not like some third person mystery thing or something. It's just like, oh, like you, this is what the combat looks like because we probably needed to make it look like this. <laughs> because... Yeah, it has kind of a PS2 look where like, but like almost like Metal Gear VR or something. Yeah, it looks it's like, like a VR thing. Everything is kind of abstracted out like you still see your giant robots but everything's really blocky yeah like but it has a very good look like like when you shoot a million missiles and oh even, like a million triangles come out and then blow everything up and then like all the points start flowing back that's to your the robots. best part is like blowing things feels... up there's a lot of good screen shake the the sound effects yeah. are real good and when you blow something up you get this big mess of points that just fly out of the enemies and into your point counter and it's just, I just <laughs> it does remind me of like Mars Matrix or something like yeah Mars Matrix collecting the gold got collect them cubes <laughs> so the like it looks a little silly but like it feels very good yeah like it looks silly and like when you start out like especially during those tutorial missions like it, yeah. it's not giving you full control over what you can do uh but when you're when you start being able to devise your own strategies and your own team compositions and upgrading your mechs the way that you want to mm -hmm. like when you start kind of taking that ownership of of, of how you interact with the battle system yeah. it starts feeling really good also play this game on intense um I think easy and like like casual and casual is 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 like I just want the story and I'm glad that that's there because I know that some yeah. people aren't going to jive with this combat system. Uh, I played through the first sector and I thought that normal was too easy, but when I jumped to to the second uh, sector uh, of combat and I pushed it up to intense, I was like, okay, this feels really good. And the the, the final yeah. the final like five or six battles of the game are just nuts on intense. The difficulty escalation was exactly what I wanted, where yes, yes. I played intense the whole time, and the whole time I'm like, this is a little bit too easy. Mm. So I was getting, like, almost all S ranks, mm. and then, like, third to last mission, I got a C. Oof. And then, or maybe, 
I don't know. And I think like second to last mission, I died twice. Yeah, I died like three times on just, the second like, to last okay, one. Okay, we're in this now. And then yep. I think the last mission, I have like a D on it. And I was just like, like, and it's just these abstract shapes moving around this big, like weird mm-hmm. kind of like, it's just a simulated city map. And it's just like, yeah. but like that, the last five minutes of this, of the final battle, I was literally on the edge of my seat, clutching my controller as hard as I could. My heart was fucking racing. Aww. And like, they're just like, we just got a little more to go. And I'm just like, come on. I just need to hold. I just need to hold. <laughs> For me, the ending of the combat was like one of those just sublime moments where you love video games. Yes. Because it's the game and the story coming together in this perfect moment. So good. And I think and I think playing on hard is important to that. Yeah. Because if if this wasn't a struggle, it wouldn't have the same emotional impact. So I was like crying for like the last twenty minutes of this game. It was hitting so good. Just like every moment, like every unit you're taking out is one step closer to achieving the final goal of this game. And it feels so good. Oh, this game left like a fucking, a fucking tower defense game left me emotional. <laughs> I couldn't believe it when I realized like, <laughs> yep, we sure defended that tower. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Oh man, this this yeah, game. Yeah, we we kept one because like I was so intrigued by the story a couple hours in, mm-hmm. and I was just like, man, are you guys gonna stick the landing? Oh god, yeah, I was like, and then maybe... Storm is like, they stick the landing, then jump up, do a double silver salt, and stick the landing again. Yeah, just a fucking show off. Yeah, like this game <laughs> sticks the landing and then just gets up and does it again because it fucking can. This this game is just so fucking competent. It's so competent. And coming from yeah. the, the design hell that it was in, um, because this is a game that, like, was conceived in 2013, they started working on it in 2015, mm-hmm. they didn't really know what their scope was, and they had changed it multiple times, um, they got to a point where, in 2018, they literally pushed it back a year and canceled the Vita version. Um, oh, so, the Vita. <laughs> so, it finally comes out and it's just like this is a game that like i knew i'd known about for years because i'd heard people talk about it but the way they talked about it was just like oh this is either never going to come out or it's going to come out and be complete dog shit because it sounded like it was a really hard game for them to kind of really nail down what they wanted to do with Mm -hmm. um and, and and they landed what they did with this game so remarkably well like this is just I'm still thinking about this game. I wanted to start another game this weekend, and I'm not going to because I'm Aww. still thinking about this game. Um, just, there's... I, man, it's so good. The way I compared it to Polly was like, I have a sad for like two days after finishing this game. Yeah. It hit like Trails does. Yep. Like, this left me with post-Trails depression. Um, yeah. They, like, this game goes down... A lot down. of stories this week. Yeah, right? <laughs> this game uh Games are good. This game goes down real smooth. John, you need to play this. It's really, really good. Duly noted. One thing I want to point Extremely out. Extremely noted. One thing I want to point out that it shocks me is that George Kamitani is the president of Vanillaware. Yeah. He he's also the lead artist. Yeah. Like that style is his. Mm-hmm. He also wrote the scenario for this game. He wrote the entire script himself. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> 
he was I, really dedicated to this vision from the jump, yeah. and it, the, it's incredible that. But he the fact, did. so he's the writer and the artist. I don't think I've uh, ever seen he, like another artist did the art. Actually, I know uh, that's why I want to say he's the lead artist. I think, but he probably almost certainly. I just don't think I've seen a studio that is so kind of behind one man's vision than this yeah, game. Yeah, yeah. Like this is like like unless you want to talk near Automata, which like that game yeah. again was entirely about the auteur uh, yeah. this game is very similarly like this is one person's vision that a lot of people got behind it struggled to get mm -hmm. there and what they got out of at the end is fucking astonishing mm -hmm. what an incredible video God. game yeah like this is vanilla cool. where's best i think <laughs> like i love muramasa the demon blade but man the, i think this tops it just yeah. I just I just never knew they would have the story chops to pull this off because mm -hmm. there are other games to seem more action focused right and like more you know the fact that this is basically an adventure game with a tower defense tacked on yeah like like and 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 and, and as far as like the the story uh battle split like it's this game mm -hmm. is literally like 70% story 30% combat so, if even that generous to and that's combat. real like there's not like a lot of like there's not a lot of combat yeah. so if, if the combat it's, isn't your cup of tea just like slap it down to casual face roll your way through it all and yeah. and, and enjoy the, like this is a story worth enjoying i think even mm -hmm. if the combat isn't your thing yeah i got i definitely when i started the game though like just past the prologue mm -hmm. i had this moment of like Oh my god, I have no idea what's going on. And it gave me this little minor crisis of like media in general of like, what if you just write a story and people just literally don't understand it? Like, yeah, like I think that, <laughs> that I, I think that when you're dealing with a story like this and as complicated as this story is, yeah. and it, yeah, like I can see that happening. Yeah. And you see it so happening. I, I mean, and to go back to Higurashi, it happens all the time. Yeah. People only see Higurashi as, hey, murder lolies. <laughs> Red is a psychopath. Yeah, that's that's the takeaway. I don't remember ever caring about Satoko. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> but yeah, this game—it's incredibly overwhelming at the start. Where when yeah. you're fo trying to focus on one character and you still have no idea what's going on, it gives you the tools. It will make sense by the end. I promise. Yeah, just you have to trust it. Um, yeah, it's a vision that you can trust. Believe cool. me. Um, I definitely knew though that like we. Polly and I have joked about the one game at a time lifestyle. Yeah, this is you have you do have to be giving this game your attention. Yeah, this game trying to. God, I spent like people say this game is like thirty hours long, and I have like fifty hours I have in 50. it. I, just, I have fifty. Yeah, I was like, how long did was I in the archives reading? Yeah, like, like the, the stuff every time. to figure out what. Pardon. Because, like, for the first half of the game, I was, like, almost re-watching scenes as much as I was watching new scenes just to, mm -hmm. like, start piecing stuff together. Yep. Yep. I was doing a lot of the same. Like, that archive is real good. Uh, it's, it's laid out it's, really well. Um, it, it's not yeah. hard to, to futz around with and find what you need to find. Uh, everything's yeah. cross-referenced really well. So it's just, like, mm -hmm. it's real good. It's it's vital to the experience because, I like, yeah. it, it, it needs to be as good as it is. Um, yeah. 
that the overall main timeline that just is a list of every single scene is overwhelmingly long at the start of the game. God, you look at that and your eyes glaze over and they find you in your bathtub the next morning. <laughs> it scrolls dead. for like 30 seconds at least. Yeah. <laughs> oh, there's like 300 scenes. Okay, cool. Oh boy. I've seen 12 of those. Um, yeah. Just, just keep pushing down one puzzle piece at a time. One It'll puzzle piece at a time. Let it wash over you. Enjoy theory crafting. That's how I got through this. It's like I let it wash over me, and then you would like yeah. I would be at work and be like, okay, I can't stop thinking about this dumb game. What's going <laughs> on? Too. I was having <laughs> ideas like thinking about yeah. where things were going at work. Yeah, like I had a notepad that I was writing things down in actively. Oh god, I need to look at my text file because awesome. it's all wrong. <laughs> I got a couple things right, but those are the sounds couple like things. Sounds like y'all played that... it in a pardon. It sounds like y'all played it in a very active way, and I think that's oh, really yeah. cool. Yeah, absolutely. Like this is all I played for the last couple weeks. Yeah, uh, and I was just like every day after after Higurashi streamed, I was like, all right, it's thirteen Sentinels time. Everything else can just go away. I think I was like halfway done when we would have podcasted last week. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, I'll probably beat it next week. And then I ended up finishing it on, like, Wednesday. Like, I just powered through it. Yeah, I finished it Friday night. So, <clears throat> yeah. Like, this... You're going to be hearing about this game again. Spoilers. <laughs> oh, jeez. I mean, yeah, we're getting close to November. Mm. So, yeah. 13 Sentinels. <laughs> Aegis Rim. Um, we highly... Me and Rhett very highly recommend Highly it. recommend, Yeah. Highly, highly recommend. Anybody else got anything else before we uh, get out of here? I gotta go to the bathroom. All right, Brett's gotta go to the bathroom. No, we can finish the podcast. No, we want to listen to you. Go. Can you take your microphone with you? Nope. Is it a dupe? You gotta pick. You gotta take a dupe, don't no, you? You no. got big old dupey on deck. I drink a Red's lot of water. Red's got a dupey on deck. Red's got a dupey on deck. <laughs> You know, if I make you laugh more, that makes it makes it where you have to pee more. I do now. <laughs> okay, we're going to go ahead and start wrapping things up. Uh, everybody, thanks again for coming out. As always, it is mucho apreciado, which is thank you for the pizza in Spanish. So <laughs> we're going to go ahead and start wrapping things up. Oh, yeah, and of course, thank you for the bits and the subs. Those are always appreciated as well. So, John Thayer, hey you, John Thayer, I'm hey. talking to you. I'm talking to you. Yeah. Where, where can That's I, me. Where can everybody find you? Farawaytimes.itch.io And Rhett. That's it. What about you? Uh, Twitter.com slash Rhett for cute love love girls and simple gear, of course. Okay. That, that never stops. Never stops. That's right. Never stops. All right. Never stops. Never. And you can find me on a dumb website, like always. It's fantastic. We'll probably start announcing <laughs> Game of the Year stuff soon, I oh imagine. Oh, my God. <laughs> so that'll be fun. Keep keep an eye out for that. Um, but we will see you in a couple of weeks before the election. We are last week. We'll be a couple oh, of days God. before the election. Well, in a couple of weeks. Well, it'll be two weeks from now. So it'll be a couple of weeks and then the election. Oh, right, right. Right. So, with all that out of the way... Remember, we are the podcast that loves you. We're the only ones that love you.